can only ever be where you are right now. What is your podcast? It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Yo, what up, people? It's Adam here. Welcome to the Bottles Your Podcast, episode 86, with my man, Benjamin Morton, aka Benjamin Biden. Now, this tasty episode is brought to you by Bottles.com, where you guys can pick up my ebook, The Crash Course to Kick Ass Day Game. You can book one on one Skype coaching for ongoing coaching, inquire within, and also dive in for those deep immersive boot camps, serious inquiries only. Now, ben is one of the most interesting people I know. He is operating on such a high level at such a young age as well. He's 25, like myself. He's managing several esports gaming teams at a high level. He's a world traveler. Uh, he spent two years overseas and we really get into his lessons and what he learned through that, his journey from evolving from a boy to a man. And we, of course, we talk so much shit because we know each other going back for quite some time now. Now, I won't explain that right here because we get into it in the potto, but just know that this is one of the most inspirational pottos that I've had the pleasure of listening to in person myself anyway. And uh, it was a great time. So go ahead and enjoy this and I'll catch you guys at the end. Benjamin Morton, welcome to the potter. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. Ah, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate it. Now, before we get into what we really came here to talk about, mm-hmm. which is simulation theory, <laughs> good. before we get into what we really want to talk about, uh, go ahead, because it's your first time coming on the potter. Mm-hmm. Let the people listening know what you're about, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you think they need to know about you, then we'll get to the real shit. Cool. Well, full name's always good. Benjamin Morton, so yes, it's good. Sir. Adam thinks Benjamin's bunnies. Pretty cute. Benjamin Button. Either yeah, Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button. <laughs> um, for me, pretty cool, common collected character. I'm into uh, esports a fair bit, like my fitness industry as well. Mm. Um, but I don't think there's a whole lot to know. I think it's better if, uh, you know, we let the conversation roll and people kind of understand what's going on and absolutely. what I'm about from there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, actually, we should probably explain how we met first. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first time we met? No, nah, you're putting too much pressure on me now. You've got a good memory, though. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. The reason why I think it's stuck in my memory is because it's such an unfortunate story. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. That's probably why I've like blocked it deep back. It's such an unfortunate story. I say unfortunate because when you're... Okay, for people listening, Ben and I go way back to a really important time in both our lives. Yeah. When we were really just young boys, mm. but we didn't think of ourselves, of course, at that time as young boys. We mm. think we're the shit. Big dogs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was uh, Adelaide City Fitness First at the time, mm-hmm. which was, uh, you know, it's, it's like a castle of a gym. It's like the biggest gym in South Australia. Mm-hmm. And I had started up my first personal training business there mm-hmm. under the uh, mentorship of Christy. Shout out to Christy if you are listening. And it was in like the first like two or three weeks and you got to imagine that this, this gym, when I say it's a castle, it's got like four or five levels to it. And there's the basements where the toilets are. That's where the bathroom is. <laughs> and uh, hopefully this is starting to come back for you. And the first time I met you was like an early morning. It was like at 8 a.m. or something. Mm. And I had bumped into you in the men's change rooms. It was obviously romantic. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but I, th- we just, I remember because it's like a, it was like that building is a bank or it yeah. used to be the bank. So it was like all these vaults and shit down there. And like, it's like something out of like a Nintendo, Nintendo 64 James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Film. It's got that real zombie apocalypse feel to it down there. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of creepy. Yeah. And I remember bumping into you down there. I remember we had our first conversation in the men's change room. All right, recite this conversation. Where's your memory at? No. Let's see. Uh, I think I had seen you walking around before, but you were a new membership consultant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where our relationship had started. Mm. You were a new membership consultant that had just got in. And I was a new personal trainer who just started my business. Mm-hmm. And I remember if it wasn't 
before that, definitely afterwards, when I told Christy that I met you, uh, she said to me that it would definitely be good if you could create a relationship with a membership consultant mm -hmm. because at the time, there's like five, six other PTs starting at the same time. If you yeah. can get you want them good clients, bro. Directly. So she was saying for the business, I'd be like, but he's actually a cool dude. So. Oh, fuck. You can say that right yeah, now. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the relationship uh, began from there. Blossomed and bloomed, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's where that's where it all started. That that was the. Uh, so I said we should probably let people know how we met. And actually, let's go with this. Mm. I mentioned before how we were both boys at the time. Mm -hmm. How do you view yourself now, where you're at now, especially with your esports? Mm -hmm. And you only brushed over that. We would definitely want to dive into that big time. Yeah, definitely. Actually, let just give people some context around that. What do you mean when you say you're into esports? What is that? What's that world for you? Um, I mean, that was, it's like a professional world. It's something of a business as well. So it's something, you know, I enjoy to the next level. It's not just playing games now for me as much as that's where it started. Um, and it kind of built from, but now I want to really take it to a whole nother level. I think, uh, we're pretty lucky in Australia that we do fall behind the times a little bit. So it gives you opportunity for, you know, up and comers like myself to try mm. and put a dent in the world, which is cool. It's exciting as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you manage a team, yeah? Yeah, we manage teams. So there's a few teams. Teams now? Yeah, teams. Last time, we haven't seen each other for like a, like a year, I would say. Shit, it gets going pretty quickly, doesn't time, it? Time, right? But no, so we got Heroes of the Storm team, a League of Legends team, uh, Rainbow Six Siege team, Fortnite team, and a PUBG team. Holy shit. Yeah, so it's pretty fun. Um, I mean, nothing of amazing achievements. The HOTS team did pretty well last year. They were favorites to go to, go to BlizzCon out of here, but... Choked in the final a few months ago, which is tragic. Devastating. Yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's a lot of fun. I think now I'm trying to maybe diversify a little bit more and go into another area of esports, but it's, you know, hmm. it's all up and coming. It's all fun. Now, talk to me about the management side of it. Mm -hmm. So you've got these esports teams. And mm -hmm. by the way, guys, this is not like you're go down to Chinatown and play mm -hmm. the little um, local scrum for yeah, $200 yeah, yeah. a night. This is this is big shit. Yeah, this is big stuff. Well, the boys, you know, there's 80k prize pool for the, the Hots boys in that split last year. So, shit. you know, it's decent money for them. I, I think, like, uh, we needed to get bigger and bigger because, obviously, for people that are into esports, the international, like, the prime event, I would say, of the year, the Dota tournament, mm. it's like 25 USD million dollars. It's crazy. Fuck. I mean, an Australian kid was in the team that won, I think they were a European team, and he took home, like, 4 million USD or something crazy. That's young some, Australian dude. That's some money. I mean, right he's now. definitely paying off a house for mom or something like that. Yeah. Right? Um, but no, it is. It's definitely not your local Chinatown tournament down at Arena. Little shout out for them. Yeah, yeah. Course. That's why I mentioned it because yeah. I just walked past them yesterday. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, so we have all our players are from Australia and New Zealand. So that's obviously good. We have actually a fair few guys from New Zealand. Um, but the management side of things, it's fun. Uh, I've got a pretty decent pool now. So there's a few guys I work with. So there's a few lads that kind of take part in majors like the main team and i guess me and one other guy a bit more of an overview of everything mm. i think it started a lot more directly and then it's over time it's gotten a little bit better so i've had people that are you know probably better at things than me come in and take over those roles and then myself just to give back feedback and you know take the big big meetings if i have to which is the fun part yeah that's really interesting because mm. the last time we spoke you took me for a tour around your little office space mm -hmm. that you were at the adelaide uni yeah oh wow that is long no, nah, that was the time before, but we did see each other in between, I'm pretty sure, did didn't we? we? Really? I think we did. Maybe. Because we went... Oh, no, I think you're right, actually. We went to the gardens. Yeah, because we went to Meiji. Anyways. Continue. Whatever. You showed me that little space. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so how have things changed since then? Because it sounds like things are mushrooming, mushrooming out quite a bit. Um, I think that was a cool time and it was something that uh, I was just networking through and you know got a space at the university and it was cool to really create networks. I think the space wasn't really a business driver. It was just more networking driver. Yeah. So we don't utilize the space anymore. I think most of the stuff we can do from home, you find that anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's more fun doing stuff from home as well. I'm a bit more proactive as well. Um, but it's definitely progressed, I guess, from that. Exactly as I said, it was more me taking a direct role where now I'm taking an overview role, which is fun. Uh, and I kind of enjoy that part of it, more the corporate stuff. So, you know, getting sponsors to support our guys and things like that, more of a yeah. role I take. And I think innovative ideas as well and implementing them. So there's a few cool things we've been doing lately. Um, I'll, I'll show you some of them later, actually. They're pretty cool. Again, like what? Ah, uh, you know, the first release will be out in a couple of weeks, so you get to check it out there. First release? Yeah, first release. Just, what do you, what do you just, mean first release? Well, it's like some video content. We're doing some content. Uh-huh. Um, I guess the idea is that one of our gamers, so our pro gamers, play some content against one of the pro athletes, and they play... Normally, yeah. it's just like a, a contest of a one, say if it's a basketball player, they'll do a basketball competition, and then an esports competition, and then just like a random one in between. So we usually try and find athletes that are into gaming, which makes it a lot better. Yeah. Which is, you'd find this surprised me a lot, right? Everywhere. Let's be real. Yeah. I think younger... Well, most athletes are, what, 18 to 30 max. Mm. So they're all in our generation. They're all young guys that have grown up playing video games. So Definitely. That's no, it's cool. Where did your love for... Where did your love for gaming start? It's funny, actually. I think about a year ago when we were starting this, I sat down and asked the same question to all the guys I was working with. Mm. Just so you know, what's yours? What's, where's your start? I think my love initially came from Pokemon Yellow. That was my first game. Pokemon Yellow. Pokemon Yellow. That's where like, I was. How old are you? Now. Yeah. No. Uh, or then. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Twenty-five. Now. Yeah. So we're the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Pokemon Yellow. I'm trying to think. Maybe when I first got it. Uh, but I didn't have a Game Boy either. So this is the story mode. I got a Nintendo 64, which my parents bluffed me. They said it was for my cousins. I'm like, what's for my cousins? So I got them terrible games for some reason, and then they gave them to me. I'm like, shit, I wanted oh. Pokemon Stadium so bad. Pokemon Stadium. That so I think we got like bad. Mario, Banjo, Kazooie. So they're still good games. But then I had to yeah. wait a little bit later to get Pokemon Stadium. And when I got Pokemon Stadium, I got my yellow cartridge with it. Yep. Did you have to play it when you put it in the back and you chuck your yellow yep. in? Yeah. That's how I originally started playing. So I never even had a game where to start the ball rolling. Holy shit. But that's where I, I think that's where it all started from the Pokemon Yellow. Yeah, you're because uh, I because I know you. You've always been hardcore into the Pokemon. Yeah. But what we've talked about, like when, uh, also we kind of skipped out on this part of the story. But I used to train Ben. That was also mm-hmm. the inception of our relationship mm-hmm. as membership consultant. Got a lot more to, of a connection there, definitely. Yeah, and it's like at first, I got to learn a lot about your world of membership consultancy, consultancy, mm. uh, being connected to you there. And I don't know. I, hang on, first off. Dying on a tangent, that's the potter. Are you still doing? Are you still membership consulting? Yet? No, so it's changed a lot now. But um, there's still a lot of that, like a lot of sales still involved. Yeah, yeah. So it's still but cool. you're not you're not still in that space. No, no. Okay, cool. Um, the reason why I was asking is I don't want to tread on any toes in what I'm about to say. <laughs> but what I always felt was that getting to know you as like as we would we train together and have our sessions is that. If you can imagine a visualization, I always felt that you were like a seed, like a like a plant that wasn't getting enough sunlight mm-hmm. in that position. Mm-hmm. I could I could always I could always feel that uh, from you, and to see what you're doing now is amazing. That you yeah, you, you, it's almost like you've broken through that the that glass house, out, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, yeah, and now it's yeah, you know, you just you're pushing forward and you're getting shit done and mm-hmm. and you're managing. So that was really cool. But the, what I wanted to I think where I was going with that was the membership consultancy. Mm. 
uh, what you learned through that mm-hmm. and what you're applying to your esports now? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a lot of like, I put myself out there with a lot of teachings at the time. So that's where I, I guess started did a course through Paul there. I did a couple of courses with him. I when think, you talk about Paul as well. Yeah. Need to talk about it. Shout out Peasy. <laughs> um, and that really probably changed a lot of the way I viewed things as well. I think that was probably the big turning point for me. And I think you go into something like that with the intention to find a change or to see something different about the world. Um, it really, I think the biggest thing that gave me confidence was to do what I want to do as well. Like just in the end, you know, sometimes you do have to look out for number one, which was cool. Mm. Um, but I think the biggest things that I, you still implement now is a lot of the sales things, you know, I mm. think, um, people love to relate to someone they like as well. So it's good to be relatable. And I think that's a pretty easy thing that picks up for me. Yeah. So there's probably a few of the major traits I still utilize now from there. For membership consultancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I remember that it being like a grueling, <laughs> grueling schedule. Because yeah, there will yeah. be times where, you know, we have we have like a a session like lined up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But bloody George wouldn't let you out. <laughs> right? Wouldn't yeah, let thanks, you out. George. You shout out there as well. <laughs> <laughs> he's the big dog now. He's like the big man of South Australia. Really? So he's a big, big promo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll just call it what it is. But I just remember, and you know, it's nothing, nothing against like the... The driver's got to drive, and mm-hmm. like you know, I imagine like I kind of think of a, like the Egyptian <laughs> slave driver's yeah, exactly the slave other. driver. Like, yeah, it's just, that's what he does. That's his thing. Yeah, I guess so. And that's the job you sign up to. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, it's like for Roy, who was on last week, and we're talking about in the army, mm-hmm. and he's telling the story about <clears throat> about this uh, corporal or whoever was just just verbally abusing him and just lashing him for no real apparent reason. Well, definitely not called for. It's like, well, that's kind of what you sign up for when you go into the army. Mm-hmm. Similar thing to what you were, what your schedule and what that grind was like. And mm-hmm. I think even with that, the importance of having a grind as a yeah, young yeah, guy. Because what sure. you would, if I was 18, we were the same age then. Yeah, yeah. We were 18, 19 when we started those jobs together. Uh, do you feel like that grind changed you? I, no, I think it did. To life it before? made me put in perspective how quickly you can do things as well. Like it made me realize that um, I don't know, it's probably an analogy I've heard somewhere, but if you can do it in under five minutes, just do it now, right? Yeah. And I think I definitely, that's a point you could to bring it up there that I've implemented into my life now. There's so quickly just to do things. So um, I guess it helped me be less, less lazy as well. It's lazy? <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's times, I think when back then, especially when I was, you know, not sure what was going on, it was very easy to get distracted by outsourcing things and not do what you want or mm. procrastinate. And I think that's definitely, it gave you a drive to want to grind and want to do things. So if I you know, have to do something now, something that could I easily drag out over the whole day, ironically, I could probably nail it in 30 minutes, right? Yeah, no yeah. joke. And uh, speaking of your uh, younger years, mm. upbringing, I don't even know too much about this. Mm-hmm. I remember you were, you were a country boy, yeah? Country boy, Country yeah. bumpkin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know a little bit of that because mm-hmm. some of my extended family has you know, family ties. I've been out to the big families. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like you'd like to go back to that? Go back to living the just completely <laughs> isolated, yeah. 100Ks out from any major city? I think it's always, it always comes back sometimes. Like I always look back and I'm like, you know, I definitely could have had a different life and I could have chose a different path at a certain age. You know, I think uh, maybe when I was 14, you know, dad wanted to make a big move to go somewhere for a new farm and I was, you know, it wasn't really in my mind that I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. I think from a young age, I knew that that wasn't where my life was going to lead, which is cool as well. Um, so, I mean, I what said, made you feel that you can just tell, I think from a in-depth, you know, whether you like something or not. Right. Yeah. So you instantly in your mind, you can tell. Um, 
and I guess it was, I was lucky enough to be strong enough back there to say, no, nah, that's not what I want to do. So, uh, but in saying that, back to your question, I think I'd always love to go back there. I think at some stage, maybe older, you know, it'd be cool just to have a small bit of land and just live off the land. I think uh, that's something I'd lo- love to look forward to, you know, maybe 20 years time. Yeah, I think right. it'd, be, it'd be awesome. To just go not at this stage in life. No, definitely not at this stage of life. I think I enjoy the, uh, the city too much. You know, there's so much more going on for me and I think it makes, makes sense to be here. Right. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because you were telling me just before we started, mm-hmm. just out of the blue, oh, by the way, Adam, go to Italy tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just remind me why again. Um, well, it's a bit of a networking, actually. I, as I said to you, a, a small brief description of it. I met a few people while traveling, and I guess one, the main one, Jordan, who's hopefully ever listened to this as well. Yo, Jordan. Jordan, nice shout out. Um, <laughs> coincidentally, I was in Washington um washington dc mm. needed a place to stay couch surfing let's go hell yes jordan's like yep come on down stayed with him oh. ended up spending a few days there and um was awesome <laughs> I, I went away i went to do some stuff out um i think i went out to virginia maybe i think that's where i went out i was a big horse fan that my dad was there at the time so i went and saw him for a few days um, and I came back and jordan's like yeah come stay again so ended up doing some cool stuff and jordan at the time was working for Hillary Clinton, I believe at the time. So he was a he's a big fundraiser for them. So he worked in the black community for fundraising. All right. Um, so you know was fundraising millions of dollars to the campaigns, and uh, you know took me through his party, showed me showed me into the Democratic Party. Uh, wow. So it was a cool, okay. cool experience. Took me out to a few parties and things like that. That was definitely what was that vibe experience. like? What was that vibe like with those people? I mean, you know what? It was super casual. It was actually really? super awesome. I think you'd probably expect it to be, you know, very strict and driven. But it, you know, going in there, I think it's awesome to see that that world is pretty cool and fun and casual. So, you know, besides what you think politics are, maybe, yeah. No joke. Yeah, because as soon as you said that, I mm. felt I just got this vision of like, they're just trying to cram their ideas down your throat yeah, yeah. type thing. No, like I mean, so that I don't even think they said it once. So definitely not even a thing. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And actually, let's just segue straight into that because for those that don't know, uh, your Instagram is... Striding stri- around, yep. Striding underscore around. around. Yep. That's it. And... Uh, <clears throat> Tell you where Striding come from. Does anyone ever know that? Do you even know that? I don't know where Striding. No, nah, Strat is my gamer name actually, and it came from there. Oh, right. Yeah. It actually so much, so much of our tags <laughs> to this day have mine. Ui Tang One. Mm. That was my Call of Duty game tag yeah, as well. There you go. Crazy so stuff. <laughs> yeah, we got to get into the traveling here because you just you kind of breezed over that about how you happen to be in Washington D.C. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have talked about this a little bit, but I think this is extremely interesting in general, yeah. especially with the past guests that have come on. We've been talking about the traveling. Yep. And I feel like it's really important because um, this is actually something that I'm working out just now is that most of the people I get around, we all have this one commonality of mm-hmm. solo travel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So describe what that, how in fact you got to Washington, D.C. Yep. and what that was all a part of. Mm-hmm. And we'll get back to the inception there because there's a lot of there's a lot of cool shit that's oh, in this story. I mean, this could be a build up. We could talk for days. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me do it, let me in. take it back to the beginning. Let's go back to there. Let's go. So I think it was at some stage. Um, let's say four or five years ago. Now I was just at a point in my life. It was actually something I wanted to talk about before I got to Italy. So it's cool we jumped in here. Yes, sir. Um, it's it was a time where I was like, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I wanted to take an opportunity and go out and see the world. And I think solo travel was an awesome part of that. It's the best decision I ever made. I think if I went with some people, my whole trip would have been completely different and I wouldn't have had as much fun as I did, just for first to tell people that. Mm. Um, but I also wanted to talk about like why did I travel? I think it's a cool idea to think about why you travel as well. 
and to throw it out to people when they were maybe 20, 21 of, you know, what should I do with my life? Should I study? Should I travel? Should I work? I think it's cool to sit down and make sure you, you want to think about it because I think sometimes people, and I didn't do it enough then either, I don't think, is just actually sit down, do something like this and just talk to yourself or write down ideas. Well, what do you want to do? Mm. But do that and then if you're going to travel, definitely do it solo or take the opportunity to do it. But the reason I went solo was for that reason. is just to, I wanted to go out and experience the world for myself. I think it's the first time, you know, I grew up in a, I guess a small community. So I was pretty isolated in that area. I moved to town, went to university, lived in a pretty isolated environment, still hang out with majority of the main group that I knew still. Small bubble. Yeah, small bubble. So it was an opportunity for me to really, you know, widen my eyes or open the horizon up a little bit. But I remember flying to London was the first city I went to. It was my first big proper flight. You know, I'd been to Queensland, maybe Sydney, something like that. But flew into London and I was sitting... And what age was this? I believe I was 20, 21. 2021. So yeah. as I said, four or five years ago, I'm actually can't nail it down right now, but I believe it yeah. was 20. But just for context, just for people, this is, you've been doing membership consulting for about two, three years. No. So maybe, maybe two, I think it was, two years. I think it was a year and a half too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. where this burn, this uh, burning desire to yeah. go and explore came from. Well, I think, you know, throw back to the gym, like it did open up a lot of things for me. I think it made me introduced to a lot of new people. I think that gym there is actually an awesome place for meeting people because oh, yeah. the city environment, like the thing I've like, I live in the city now. So I noticed that anyone that actually works or lives or comes to the city usually has a pretty good vibe about them. Usually wanting to do something. You don't really mm-hmm. find, you know, people that aren't motivated or aren't wanting to, you know, express themselves there. So it's quite a cool environment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember going to London, I was sitting in the airport and I'm there like, what the hell am I doing? Like yeah. I just come in here and no idea what's happening. So I was sitting there for 20 minutes. And I'm like, all right, it's time to do something. Let's go. Yeah. I, uh, I was lucky enough to, book a trip for the first four weeks so i had everything pretty down packed for myself mm-hmm. um as in like your itinerary yeah the first four weeks was set and then after that was all right let's find out what i can do from there so mm. the first four weeks of the kentiki i think it was a cool experience and i'm happy i did do it because it gave me an opportunity one to meet people but two just to um relax and enjoy the first period of time i think at that age it probably would have been very overwhelming for me just being out having to do the whole trip myself from the very beginning so mm. it was an opportunity where i just sit on a bus have fun, hang out with some cool people. I mean, 80% of the people were Australians anyway, so it, it felt pretty welcoming. And uh, I was happy I did that, I think. As in you wouldn't take it back? Yeah, I wouldn't take it back. I was definitely happy the trip, the way it went and the trip was good. I think you miss a lot of seeing stuff on a Kentucky, but you also get a lot of fun as well. So, I mean, True. I went England, France, Spain, Italy, Greece. Yeah. Um, now, with these cultures, right? Because. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's very interesting when people talk about Europe mm-hmm. and they often do what you just did. They go, yeah, like uh, uh, Greece, Italy, mm-hmm. France, da, 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 et cetera, Amsterdam, obviously. But they link them together because they're so close and probably yeah. in your memory, yeah, it only takes a train ride a couple of hours to get there. Yeah, definitely. But make no mistake, the cultures are vastly different. Oh, yeah, extremely. I mean, I think it's actually a lot of the cultures like segregate into certain areas. You see like the Western, the Southern, the Eastern and the North. I think they're very similar in comparison, like I found a lot of similarities between like Spain and Italy and Greece, like the way they would live their life and their daily routines and things like that. Mm. And then your Eastern Europe was very different as well compared to your Western side. Right. Um, I mean, when I was in Spain, Italy, Greece, I just used to a two o'clock nap because that's just what they do. And <laughs> I, was living, roll. I was living the dream. I think it was awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you're four weeks in. Yeah. And the plan's starting to wrap up. Yeah. So where does your mind go with that? Um, well, I got pretty lucky once again. I think I just 
from meeting people. Uh, had a guy who wanted to do some traveling down the Greek islands. So we went back out to the Greek islands. And this is a story I actually tell a lot of people because this was the beginning, you know, of me traveling on my own and what happened. So okay, um, we finished this trip up. Awesome fun, you know, group of heaps of people. A lot of people going home, a few people continuing their traveling. But I met a friend or guy um, named Sam and we decided, all right, let's go to the Greek islands. We might get a job out there or just do something out on the islands. So um, we decided we're going to go to this island. It was like a party island. So we're like, we've decided to go to this island. We might get a job. We might just see what's happening there for a few days. Mm. So we get on this ferry and we're, we're playing this game. I can't even think of what it was, but he had this card game. Yeah. It was a fun game. So it was just time was going by. We're sitting in, it was probably four or five hours had gone by. And this guy come up to us, didn't speak English and just kind of asked to see our tickets. So we're like, oh, I must want to see, you know. Just that you paid. Yeah, valid ticket, thing like that. And then he ushered us to like go. So I think what we were actually doing, we were in like a reserved area just sitting on some seats, which obviously wasn't busy, but he saw our tickets. We weren't meant to be in there, but we kind of took his attention that, oh, it must be our stop because we just stopped the ship. Oh. So we're like, all right, let's get off. Okay. <laughs> so this all started a nice ball. We're walking up. All right, well, let's walk to the city center and see what happens. So we're walking up. It's pretty dark. It wasn't really, you know, it seemed like a party island to us. Yeah. So we're asking people, not very many people were speaking English at the time. So this seemed a little bit sketch for the, so we met these little kids and they just, well, maybe kids, maybe 15 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and has said, do you know where this bar is? Cause this bar we're looking for, we're going to go ask for some jobs there. Cause there's an, I think some Australian people might've worked there. Um, never heard of the bar. We're like, ah, oh, just must be young kids. We also know what it is. Right. So, we so kept, you, well, you still think like, we still you're, think we're on the right, right Island. Yeah, we yeah. still do. And we get to another one and this guy speaks very good English. I think he's one of the only guys, young guys that spoke good English on the Island. And he said, no, not here. Definitely not. So wrong Island. You were on this Island. Oh no. We're like, great. Awesome. Good start <laughs> to the trip. <laughs> so I think we got like a little bit of food because it was pretty late at night as well. This is like, I think 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. So, right. you know, there's not much going on here. Yeah. We get some food, have a beer, I think as well, maybe. And then decide, all right, well, we're going to get to this Island. So we trek back down to the beach and saying, and it's like a, we were walking up about 30 minutes of a hill like this. Like this was a decent trek up. Right. So we come back down and we sit on the beach and we're like, all right, looks like we're sleeping here the night. We pull the sleeping bags out. Luckily, we both had one. Oh, thank God. And just slept the whole night there. And I'm, I think it was actually like an eye-opening experience. It was actually a cool experience. From people, you know, it could be very traumatizing for some people. But for me, sitting there, you know, watching the Greek morning of people coming down and having a fish, you know, bikes driving by, it was actually quite an eye-opening little thing. And I probably didn't get much sleep because there's probably mosquitoes out at the time as well. The weather was pretty warm. Mm. Um, but I guess that was kind of the first proper start to my trip. And I guess one, I sat at the airport. I didn't know what the hell was going on. And then two, I got lost and slept on a beach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then the whole trek to get to this island was actually quite fun. You know, we got on another ferry cause we couldn't get a direct ferry to the other one because this was a small little island that just had a stop off once a week. Oh man. So, so you're there for a while. No, we, the next morning we Are did you... get a ferry, but we went to another island, which we spent the day on. And then we got another ferry to this island. So that day we just kind of. There's nothing we do. We hang out in the water, enjoy the sun. <laughs> you are literally Ash Ketchum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you are, this is the story we, of Pokemon. We rode our Lapras across the water. That's yeah. what happened. And it probably was a, li- a little boat comparison to this big, you know, have you seen these big, they're like the um, huge, huge ships. Right. Yeah. They're like um, cruise ships, basically. Right, right. Um, which you ferry across with. And then we've, you know, take this little ferry to this other place. And <laughs> so what are you learning about yourself in this moment? Do you even remember at the time if you're thinking like, Probably not in the time. Yeah, yeah. I think. In but the, looking back now, what kind of learns came from that? I think the biggest ones that came was, you know, 
it's it's good to be a little bit fearless sometimes. I think people, too many put, um, you know, barriers up and hold back. Like some people would just go crazy. They could fly home, you know, just wouldn't be able to deal with it. And I think I've always been quite good at that. I think I've been always good to, you know, be pretty spontaneous in the situation and just let it flow, um, which I think my, my everyday life is like that now as well. I like the flow and I like the sponta- spontaneous. It's it's good and it's more fun and keeps my keeps me on my toes a bit as well. Mm. Yeah. It's like that's where you get the uh, the juice from life from. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually it segues into a little question I had for you that just popped up in the moment mm. about social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because a lot of these, um, a lot of the people that listen to this potter, that's why they listen to this potter. Mm-hmm. Um, although branching out a lot more now, but do you ever have that growing up? Did you ever feel that? And feel free to dive into we have girls or yeah, yeah, yeah. We have people in general. Was that because people getting the idea from you? Mm-hmm. I really want to paint it as accurately as possible for those that aren't in the room of us. But <clears throat> right now, like even though you're 25, mm-hmm. like I am. Mm-hmm. End product is probably not the right way of saying it, but in terms of where you're at now, mm-hmm. you're not the same person that I knew when we were at the gym. Yeah, for sure. Right? You, it's almost like <clears throat> not just one evolution, not just one revolution, not just one coming out of the cocoon, but it's like you're many times, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. many times more grounded. Just I feel a more firm a center from you. Yeah, than when we uh, than when we first met, right? Yeah. No, I think um, I think all through like high school for sure, you always have a little bit of social anxiety. I think I was pretty lucky that I was in a good situation where I was like, I was pretty good at sport. You know, I was pretty. I wasn't the stupidest kid in the school. You know, those kind of things. Like I was, I was pretty good with a lot of things I did. But I think you always have a small social anxiety. I think with girls, especially at a young age, you always want to feel like you're doing everything right. Mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest thing that change for me I think from a growing up with girls perspective like you don't have to feel like you're doing everything right I think when you do that that's when you put yourself in a bad way (laughs) all right for me I think the biggest outcoming in that area was just being happy to be myself like confident in myself Mm. Um, and I think people are attracted to that way more if you can be yourself and be confident with it why the hell not yeah um but I definitely think social anxiety probably up until maybe around that period I was I was dating a girl which I dated for a pretty long time yes um, you know, that's yeah, going to this. Yeah, which I think we still have a cool relationship together. Like we chat every so often. She's engaged now, getting married soon. But wow. um, you know, I think through that period of time we dated from like the end of high school coming into those first year or two out of school. And I think uh I was probably looking for something different, not in the words of like sexuality or with a woman, but something more um in the context of grasping something more. I don't I don't know how to even explain it right now, but I just wanted something more and I think it was that's probably what made me travel too. But it probably got me out of that bubble, as I said before. I was in, I grew up in a small community with a social bubble, mm-hmm. moved to town, still in the same social bubble with her and with some other people. Yeah. And it was an opportunity for me to branch out. I think a lot of people that grew up in, you know, the areas I live in still live in that area. Um, and I still do talk to a few people, but I've lost a lot of contact with a lot of people back there as well. Um, just organically. Yeah, just organically. I think that's just the way a lot of things happen, right? You, you know, you've always... Everyone tells you that when you're growing up, you're going to probably speak to a couple of friends you even met from high school. That's about it. Mm. And it's, in the end, it probably is true. Um, but for social anxiety, I've always been pretty good. Like, I've always felt like I'm on the better end of the spectrum. Mm. Um, but I've definitely improved for sure. I think even through the 18, 19, I still felt like I you know, needed to impress. And that's not even girls. You could go back to, like, friends and new people you meet. You're wanting to impress them. And 
you know, take on their traits. So you want to be do things like them because you want to create that common ground where, mm. sure, that's good, um, but also you don't want to change yourself as well. I think the best thing I ever did was just be me. Yeah, just be me. Really, That's beautiful, man. Yeah, man. I could not smile when you said that. <laughs> and when you just think about your journey through the traveling and you and we're going to let's we'll dive back to yeah, this. Yeah, we'll get back to it. Because that was only really the beginning. Now some people going like, what do you mean this is the beginning? <laughs> you just painted some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you went for much, much longer after that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that was the that was just the start. Mm-hmm. Which is what is such a commonality amongst all solo travelers that mm-hmm. have been away uh, for say like a year yep. or, or whatever, however long. All the guys and girls that I know that have been down a similar journey. Mm-hmm. Unless they went for a specific purpose, yep. which is kind of similar to my story yep. um, with the international travel I've done, in which that you do have uh, an idea of how long you're going to be in this place for and mm-hmm. it's kind of set. But if you're going out for this exploration of self, mm-hmm. this journey of just seeing what this world's about, mm-hmm. it always seems to be the case that people just go on and on and on. Yeah. And it I think, just goes on. I think people get a fear of coming home as well. Really? I think people, like, for me, I've always wanted to keep going on my trip. I wanted to push the boundaries more and more. But do me wrong, I did come home at one stage. I was like, um, so obviously I went for around two years and I came home at one stage in between. I think I was at a point where I'm like, nah, I'm like, I'm ready to come home. I'm at a point, and it was about... You were away for two years? Just under two years, but yeah. So it was a decent trek, man. Wow, I didn't even, I thought it was like just over a bit of a one in my mind. So, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, it's intense. But I, I pretty much came back for both Christmases. That's kind of where it worked out. Yeah. So I came back in for Christmas and I was, I was ready. Like I, I think I got to the point in my travels where the last few weeks of each or few weeks to a month of each trip or were kind of teetering off. And I was at the point, yeah, as I said, where it's, it's like the biggest thing you do when you travel for me anyway. And I think a lot of people do it as always. You just start thinking about all the things you want to do when you get back home. Mm. Um, so, you, you know, idolizing all these things. And that's where the gaming came from. This whole business concept came from traveling because I was thinking about, all these things I want to do and all these things I've seen and yeah. um, maybe come back and really go hard for it. But yeah, two years of travel, man. It's, it's a long time. It's definitely a long time. It is a long time. Yeah, yeah. And because it's a small number to say, it's a quick number to say two years. Mm-hmm. But when you think about that on the day to day, and if, mm-hmm. you, if anyone was listening to this going, put, put that in your mind. Mm-hmm. You go, imagine if right now <clears throat> we said, all right, we booked you a one-way ticket to bloody Athens mm. and you've got to spend two years after that point do whatever you want mm. but you're going to spend two and in fact we'll give you all the funds you need yeah you're not going to be a king but you're going to be, be able to support. get by yeah you get by but you've got two years to go explore this world mm. that that even gives me a little bit of like a quiver in the soul yeah yeah it's I mean when you've been saying it like that I'm like shit two years that's a long time yeah <laughs> they give it context yeah definitely definitely it's something I've never really thought back <laughs> I've um because I'm traveling again. I haven't like I went to Brazil earlier in the year, mm. and I'm going. But that was a short trip. I'm going to Italy, another short trip. I haven't done a big trip for a long time. Yeah. Um. I was kind of looking back. I've I've never really posted a lot of my travel photos, but I have about five thousand sitting on a computer. No joke. Uh, and it's something I definitely want to get back to, and you know, express my journey. I think after Italy, it'd be cool to put a whole portion of them together. I think I spoke to you actually about it once a few years back that I wanted to do something like it. it just. The time will come when it's ready, right? You and Roy are so similar mm-hmm. because you two, uh, on, on the potter with him, mm-hmm. I said to him, you were probably the most <coughs> well-traveled person I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to take that back now <laughs> because I, by mind, I thought you, were, you and him were equal first. Mm-hmm. So I said, there's a couple other guys I know, mm-hmm. Mikhail, Glenn, shout out to them. 
and uh, and Benjamin Button. <laughs> Benjamin Button. And the reason yeah. why I call you Benjamin Button is because even though your soul and your spirit is just every time we come into contact, so much further evolved. Like you just, it's very hard to describe with words. Mm-hmm. It's like a feeling you get with someone where you just know they've been putting in work on themselves. Mm-hmm. And whether you've been doing that consciously, unconsciously, bit of both, whatever, yeah, yeah. it's happening regardless of whether you can see it or not. Mm-hmm. And that's why, and the reason why I call you Benjamin Button is because <laughs> even though with that, you still look like a baby face. <laughs> Good. I mean, I'm in shape for you, man. Look at me go. <laughs> you still look like the same, the same, uh, at least visually, as when we first bumped into each other at the uh, I'll take that as a win for sure. Room. Take that as a win for sure. <laughs> yeah, it is. You've got, you're, you're white, but you've got the Asian genes. <laughs> got the Asian genes. It's yeah. coming through. You know, my Asian eyes are really working for me. <laughs> That's the one thing, like, everyone shits on Asian genes, right? Mm-hmm. At least physically. Uh, but the one that, that I love, the one that I'm very proud of, is the we look like we're eighteen until we're seventy? Oh yeah, and, and then, then you just go crazy old. Yeah, yeah, but then the day you turn seventy in one day, mm. it's like you're like one hundred fifty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you turned a lousy. Oh yeah, away. but things are weird, man. I look at all the people that I even see, young girls. You know, they're twenty five, thirty. I literally think they're eighteen, nineteen. Mm-hmm. I think their skin complexion as well. For some reason, Asians I feel have quite good skin. As it looks very youthful as well. True. Um, which I think generally white people don't have as well, or mm. have as good. Mm. We also keep our hair for longer. Like yeah, my, really true. my Asian, like my dad mm. and my older brother, mm-hmm. um, my dad's like 70, 70. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, I think it was 70 this year. And uh, he's still got, um, if he didn't have his cancer treatments and the whole different cancer stuff, mm-hmm. uh, he's still got, still got hair mm. at his age. It's crazy. Anyways, tangents on tangents. Hair is good. Okay. So let me retract by this up. Benjamin Biden doing revolutions on himself with the traveling. Fuck, I don't even remember where we were, but there's one thing that was burning on me mm-hmm. uh, with these travels. And as you're starting to go through, oh, that's right. Number one well, title. Coming back number there. one title. You're number, you, got, you got the number one title, the most well-traveled person I know uh-huh. now. And let's just roll forward from here. Mm-hmm. As you, <laughs> you're on the Greek beach and you're <laughs> discovering yourself mm-hmm. and you have anywhere and any place you could go to. Yeah, 100%. What's the thought process? I think this is where my thought process went. So for people that haven't been on Contigi before, it, like the reputation is very true. You know, it's drink, have sex, go crazy pretty much. It's just a fuck party. It's a fuck party. Straight 28 fuck days party. of just crazy shit. Yeah. And I think I went into this island, right, with the intention to get a job at a bar. And I think as soon as I got to this island in my mind, and I think Sam and I were in a very good place together, which was cool. Mm. Um, you just made me think of a huge story, and you guys are going to find about it soon, but yeah. something comes up huge later. Uh, we both decided, once we got to this island, once we'd gone through all that, that this is definitely not for us. Like It's time for us to get out of the drinking party scene a little bit and actually mm. go to another area. So for some reason, I think Sam actually has Polish descent. I think that's the reason why we went to Poland after this. But okay. we, we went to Poland... For some reason, he knew of something where we can teach English in Poland. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. So we went there. And I think the intention was to stay for maybe four weeks. Maybe that was the intention. So the way these programs worked is for five days, Monday through Friday, you would go to just a resort and you would speak English to Polish people. So they would cover your food and accommodation and then 
And you're by no means qualified to teach English, correct? Oh, no means teach English. Yeah. <laughs> but I can speak English, so I'm already pretty qualified, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, no, take that back. I am qualified to teach English. I speak English pretty well. When I say qualified, I mean, you haven't got, like, uh, you haven't I haven't got, any, I haven't got a piece of paper for it, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, but we went into this world, and I was overqualified, which is cool. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for referring that at them. Um, Excellent, I don't know. <laughs> And I actually can't even remember the first one I did, but because they had a few different resorts around Poland, which you went to. So it was a cool opportunity to travel Poland, meet new people, um, while obviously having free food and accommodation. So, you know, pretty good win. Um, But I think we're on our third trip together. So we'd gone through a few, and we'd been on third. And every morning, you know, you'd wake up about eight o'clock for a nine o'clock. It was like a nine to five kind of program, realistically. So you start about nine, Mm. you'd have some breakfast with them, you'd chat to them, um, then you do a couple of one-on-ones and you do some group stuff. And then and what are you doing in these sessions? It is honestly just like this. Just it like is just, just so they've already got pretty good English, but now it's just actually speaking. So just utilizing yeah. their skills now. So usually you found that they were quite professional. So you'd have a lot of other probably wealthier young people or wealthier business people because it was quite expensive for them. Um, to put it in perspective, obviously they make a lot less over there. So I think it costs them around mm. 4,000 zlotys, which for us is... Maybe a thousand bucks, but Zlotis? Zlotis? Zlotis. Zlotis? That's the car. Zlotis? Yeah, I've never heard that before. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for them, like, that's like, for most people over there, like, that aren't wealthy, like a lot of people I spoke to, that's a lot of money for them. Yeah. Definitely, that's a lot of money. But it means so much to them to have a native English speaker. Yeah, there. definitely. Um, and it was a cool, diverse group. So we, I think a lot of them, you know, as an Australian, American, English, Irish, mm. Scottish, maybe. So it's a good mixture of, for them, they get to experience all these different accents and all these different people because we all speak differently as well. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so anyway, we got to the third one and this is, guess, where the spicy story came up. Um, spicy story. Well, it's, it's spicy, it's sad at the same time, but I was eating breakfast and Sam came in and was like, hey, Ben, can you come outside and have a chat to you? And he talks to me. And he's just got news from his family back home. So it's his cousin, but also his best friend has just passed away. So it's just like, it's a huge knock for me because I'm like, shit, you know, that's huge for this guy. It's his best friend. You know, it's his cousin as well. So it's quite a family emotional thing. And then, you know, he's pretty much packing up and got ready to go. He's flying home. Hmm. Um, so I guess one, you know, I was very sympathetic and, you know, wanted to be there and support him. But then also in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, you know, new trip, new adventure. I'm about to be solo again. Yeah. Um, so Sam, you know, went off and then I was kind of, um, I made good friends with some American guys when I was here. Um, and actually this was the trip which um, a lady, Joe, who took me in actually in Poland, she's um, I don't want to say an age, but maybe 30, 35. Let's, let's stay on the youngest Be side. Be generous. Yeah. That's George. She's listening. Yeah. Um, but she took me in and supported me, actually. like Because what I did after that, I took a trip. I went with these guys, American guys, and a British girl named Holly, who will come up a lot later as well. Hmm. Um, we took a trip around Germany and did some cool travel. So we didn't actually go to Oktoberfest. We went through Munich at the time and did hmm. some cool camping out in the in the outskirts and wow. went through Berlin. Um, that was the hell... The, the camping was terrible. So we rolled into this random little town. I don't know. We had one German guy with us. Mm. So he knew German, but we were going to this place and we ended up trekking about, I'm going to say it was 15 kilometers with all you know my bags and yeah, stuff like this on. on. It was a big trek just yeah. out to this little camping site, which in the end was awesome fun um, outside of Munich. And I think, as I said earlier, I wasn't really in the intention that I wanted to get drunk and you know go crazy anymore. Oktoberfest wasn't really what I was wanting to do. And I still haven't been to Oktoberfest now. So yeah, right. it's a trip at some stage I'm sure I'll get around to. Mm. Um, but yeah, so 
you know, I, I guess from the travels, I was traveling a lot on my own, but then also a lot of meeting people. And, you know, I was just, they were doing things and I was like, all right, I'm coming with. That's that's it. what I'm hearing a lot here. Yeah. But, and to anyone listening who's never done mm-hmm. solo travel at all, that's how it is though. Yeah. Like it's almost like most of the anxiety, I, it's very analogous to skydiving. Mm-hmm. You done skydiving as well? Yeah, I have. Right. So actually I won't say it first then. Okay. What is the scariest part? You, what was the scariest part for you of skydiving? The first second dropping out of the plane. Just that. That first second. That yeah. was that was the worst bit for me. But in saying that, as soon as that second was over, that drop of like, huh, it was the most awesome experience as well. It's ecstasy, right? Yeah, it is for sure. But that's the part everyone's most scared of mm-hmm. is the actual falling part. Yeah. And having to go through a minute and a half or two minutes of just absolute <clears throat> free fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, that's why I find it's very analogous to traveling. Mm-hmm. That the anxiety and a lot of the anxiety behind it mm-hmm. is in that ride up, yeah. right, and that getting to altitude and the moment. Oh, your heart's pumping for sure. Everyone, I don't think anyone would go up without a heart pump for sure. Yeah. And and for you is that moment uh, when you first just got mm-hmm. tipped out. And if you look at that with traveling, maybe that's just the moment you actually get on the plane mm-hmm. and you actually go through customs. You're mm-hmm. actually, okay, we're taking off out of Australia. Yeah. But along the way, you find your own ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in the traveling it's it's so much the case because it, it might sound a really strange like because even in my mind mm-hmm. i'm very inquisitive i'm so curious as to when you're saying like yeah and so i met these three guys these three american dudes and this holy girl from germany britain come on mate britain okay jeez and when you but when you say you're meeting these people yeah. i know what you mean but for people who have no idea like, what do you mean you just meet someone and then you go travel to a different country with them? Yeah, crazy, right? What does that mean? Um, you know, I was actually just talking about this just last week. I was talking to someone, I can't even think what it was, but they're like, if you wanted to meet new people or you're in a whole new world, actually, no, this is the story for oh, you. No, we, can, we found world. it. I had a guy come up to me in the street last week. So I'm a pretty open guy. I always support, you know, if I see elderly or someone, they're a little bit lost or they're from a different country. I'll go chat to them and I'll say, look, this is where it is. Go over there. I like to talk to people and find out their story. Hell yeah. But this guy, he approached me. I'm like, okay, you know, what, how can I help? He said, oh, I'm looking for a bus to Arndale. I've just moved here from Sydney. Hmm. Um, he started getting quite touchy. I'm like, all right, this, this is taking a whole turn here. What are we getting quite touchy? Like, you know, that homosexuality kind of touchy. Oh, okay, okay, yep. okay. He wants him some button. Yeah, he wants a bit of the piece of the pie. <laughs> yeah, he slides that cheesecake. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, kudos to him. He got my number in the end. He did well. All right. But he's like, you know, can you take me to Arndale? Where is it? I'm like, um... I'll take you the bus stops right here. I'm walking home anyway. You can follow me and I can take you. Mm. Um, in that whole time, it's getting a little bit touchy. We, you know, wanted to see on my phone where it was. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. it's here. Okay. okay, you can see it. Um, and he's like, oh, you know, I just moved here. I'm from Sydney. You know, I want to be, can, I, can we be friends? Can we hang out? Do I have any friends? I said, sure, you know, we can hang out. We can do something. Said, How old is this dude? I'm going to say similar age, maybe a few years older than us. Okay. I would say, or maybe a few years younger. Asian culture again, you know, you can't tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he wasn't, it was, I'm going to say he was philo. That's what I'm going to say. Dark skin? Dark skin, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and then he's, I was like, oh, what do you want to do? Like, when you hang out, what are you going to do? He's like, get some bubble tea maybe? I was like, okay, sure. I'm going to Italy next week, but we can catch up when I come back. I'm happy to yeah. do that. So he's like, all right, well, what's your number? And I'm like, this is the kind of guy I know that's going to call me as soon as he, he, I put my phone his number. So I'm like, sure, give him my real number. He called me, of course, sent me a message, <laughs> said, hey, friend. I said, hi, I'm Ben. And then I was like, look, i got to go. i got dinner plans, but the bus is there. You know, go on your way. Yeah. Um, so that was just branching off into a story. But this is this is the opportunity that why I came up was why I would meet people. I was talking to someone about it and I said, you know, if I wanted to go out and meet people, there's so many cool events, even in Adelaide right now, you can go onto um 
couch surfing and they do events every single day. And so, meetup.com and that Yeah, meetup, all those kind of things. So if I was going to meet people, that's what I would do. Um, and that's kind of the things I did do in Poland. I went around to a lot of, because there was a lot of English speakers there. I went to English speaking events. I went to right, you know, right. couch surfing events, meetup events. And I met so many people through that. Hmm. Um, because after this trip, I ended up coming back to Poland on my own and ended up staying for about another five or six weeks there. Right. Um, and that's once again, I met heaps of new people. Uh, so yeah, traveling to people in a whole different world, like going out in your, bar, uh, your, you know, your little bubble is awesome. I think, you know, everyone listening, take the opportunity to do it. You know, you just got to trust people sometimes. What, what is the worst thing that can happen? I always thought in my head sometimes the worst thing that can happen is I die and well, it's going to happen anyway. Right. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to look back on that. <laughs> well, yeah, so I'm not going to be able to look back. So. so I may as well just go crazy for it. Right. Take an opportunity and see what happens. Yeah. Um, and actually, funnily enough, at the time, you know when there was that plane that got shot down in Ukraine? Yeah, yeah. I was actually on the border of Poland and Ukraine at the time, so I was pretty much in the, in the vicinity shit. of what was going on. Obviously, my parents didn't know about this or anything like that. Do they, do they know now? I, I, maybe if they listen to this, they're going to find oh, out. they're going to find out. All right. <laughs> but I've told a few people about it. I'm like, you know, put myself in situations. I really just wasn't afraid anymore, which is cool. And I still wouldn't. You know, I'd love to go to... Afghanistan or Iraq and you know take an opportunity to meet people and see people there why not yeah you know I'm going to war to an area it's something that uh you know I'm never going to experience if I didn't you know guys in the army are probably a lot of the only ones that do mm, uh, mm. and I think it'd give you a lot of grounding a lot of perspective of way of life of a lot of other people as well and I think you know refugees and things like that a lot of people that don't agree with people coming over or, you know if you were put in that situation yourself it'd be it'd be cool to see what's going on there is that something you see like long term because I'm feeling like going over there well what i was going with is that i feel like in in life especially mm-hmm. i think you resonate with this mm-hmm. is that you have like your monthly goals yeah mm-hmm. then you have maybe an idea of what you would be doing within this year mm-hmm. but then things just like kind of exponentially grow out from there as to what mm-hmm. you want to get done in this life yeah for sure and yep. well this is at least just how i kind of think about it i've spoken about mm-hmm. it, probably not on this potter but with just other people that it's like, you know, you have your short, quote unquote, short term goals just within mm-hmm. your immediate grasp. Mm-hmm. And then there's stuff that I don't call it midterm, yep. stuff that you can still see. But then there's like lifelong goals. Yeah. There's like stuff that, well, the type of shit that I would have liked to have completed by like 70 yeah, or sure. 80 or 90 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like big shit, stuff mm-hmm. that scares the absolute fuck out of you right yeah, now. Yeah, shit, man, for sure. What you just said then, mm-hmm. does that, is there like, like seed you know what? It's, that? It's funny you bring it up because I think at travel, I actually had that feeling for a lot. Um, there's two guys that I'd probably bring back. Nate, who actually does it now. He does it in, in Africa. So he's a comedy, I believe, trust me here, Nate, it's Live Out Loud. Um, okay. and, he, and he goes to Africa in these communities and does those kind of support work, which I think is awesome. You know, he does a non-profit business. And, yeah. Um, he's a cool guy. He actually came down to Adelaide, I'd say six months ago. We caught up, went to the basketball and just hung out. Um, and we actually, that was the first time we met in real life. We got connected through Jordan, who's the guy I'm meeting in Italy this week. Right. It was like, I was talking about these things that I'd love to do in the future or in the closer future potentially as well. And he said, you'd love to meet this guy. You've got to connect with him. Um, so we hooked up and I remember in Iceland, I think him and I Skyped while I was sitting in Iceland in a, in a little room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely, I think at some stage I'd love to, whether it's, you know, the, the culture I don't think matters to me. I think it's just something to support and give back to, you know, the fellow human, especially, yeah. Fellow human, man. Yeah. And that's actually a great tag into what you were talking about, how it's very hard to have perspective mm-hmm. if you've never been boots on the ground with those people. Yeah, for sure. You have no idea. If you've only seen the World Vision ads mm-hmm. of a starving child, mm-hmm. there's no connection there. There's nothing. And I think from you know a Western perspective, at least from Australia, I think people look at that and you know 
whether they believe it or not, it's how you can't, you know, you, you can't comprehend it really, can you? No, because we have it so good here. Mm, look, that bowl of fruit right there. I mean, some kid would probably kill for that. No, Joey, these, <laughs> these are little bowl of fruits that we've got right here for those listening. Um, we've got a couple of bowls of fruit on the uh, table and there's a big bowl of fruit behind me. But for sure, there's uh, been times where mm-hmm. uh, I remember specifically like, in the South Pacific Islands mm-hmm. on the first, uh, the first, well, the only time I've been there, but it was on the cruise. That was our first trip mm-hmm. um, with Roy and Matt. And we went through South Pacific Islands and they take you through a, like a, a good... Have you been there? No, I haven't. Oh, you enjoy it. Mm. It's very relaxing. The cruise and jet... Have you been on a cruise? I haven't. I, when you want Perspective, to, right? When you want to <laughs> relax, when you want to relax, the cruise is, I think, the big ticket for it because yeah. everything's just taken care of for you. Yeah. And there's like days where you only are at sea, deep mm. sea. Mm-hmm. And if you want to use your phone, you'd pay like $20 a minute. Mm. <coughs> awesome. To use the internet. So instead, you know, you go out and swim in the pool, play poker. I don't know. What do you guys do on that trip? Oh, just talk. Just talk. Yeah. Just talk shit. <laughs> I, when I say talk shit, like you literally look over the side of the cruise <laughs> and you, you say to yourself, literally, this is going to be so good if Roy's listening to this. Um, you would say that we'd look over the side of the cruise ship. And you, because like when you're that deep in the ocean, mm-hmm. it's not like looking out over the jetty. Oh, yeah. The scale of the waves. Mm. And even if they're not very uh, aggressive, mm. But They're the monstrous. weight, yeah, just the weight of the way the water moves. You, you, life of Pi? Mm-hmm. Same kind of feel. Yeah, Life of Pi got that deep sea kind of feel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one thing I used to go through my mind, these things that go to your mind, <laughs> is that I would say to myself, I wonder how long it would take for a shark to get me. <laughs> like, if I just jumped over right now. Long, I'm going to die, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how long would it take? Mm. I wonder, actually, you know, deep sea, you'd probably actually survive ages. You'd think that'd be really deep, right? But you'd think. Yeah. I mean, that's just what I would go to because I think for us, it's probably more dangerous being on the beach. Yeah, actually. Mm. Yeah, because they're probably not expecting... They're probably a thousand or a, a kilometer down under the water. Although they've got a... They can sense shit. Yeah, they swim And so quick. I started... Because of that thought process, I started thinking, well, let's make it juicier. What if Blood. I grabbed a steak knife and just stabbed it? Yeah, exactly. What if I stabbed myself in the leg, then jumped in? <laughs> then how long would it oh, take? Oh, mate, you're, you're having fun. So this is where it goes out. And then finally, third level down from that... Steak knife in the leg and also tie a live chicken to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally my thought process. And okay, so, and you vented this out to the boys as well? Yes. Okay, yeah, good. yeah, so like yeah. Roy and I were like looking over the edge like, a minute, take us a minute. And actually, this is where I want to ask you this question because you might remember me asking this question at the gym. Probably not, but it's something I used to ask like, or I used to, you know, like when uh, clients are like resting mm. in their rest periods. Mm. And for some of them, especially in like initial sessions, a little bit frigid, they don't know what to say. And so I just had a couple of icebreakers that I used to use to have as go-tos. <laughs> One of them was this, that was born from this cruise session mm. with the chicken on the leg and the steak knife, was that I used to say to people, all right, you have no choice. You have to, you have to answer this. You have been placed in a fight to the death. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think you ever asked this to me. Really? I don't think you Okay, well, we're doing it right now then. Yeah, I don't think okay, you ever did. So you're, you're in a fight to the death, okay? Mm-hmm. There's no way out of this. It's just you. You don't have any weapons. It's you and yourself. Yep. You can choose any animal. Okay. It has to be an animal that has the physical ability to shred you up. It can't be like a snake and dive by a venom. Yep. Okay. Right? Okay. So it's a, it's, a, it's a man on man kind of fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is a real boy's fight. Animal right? on man. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I remember this beast up. Mm. So you can choose the animal, okay? In a fight to the death, what's it going to be? Wait, so is the animal I think I can beat? 
or as an animal, I just want to fight to die. No, you just, you just, it's going to try and kill you. Okay. It's going to try and kill you. It's just that you get to choose it. Oof. But it has to be something like Yeah, it has to be something big. that could actually physically It could kill you. me. Yep, yep. It actually destroy you. Um, yeah, think about that. Because mm. this is something that I used to um, yeah, just hit with clients in their rest periods. They're like, hmm. I feel like I would not want to take on a big cat. That is something that, like, I think even if I punch that, that thing doesn't even feel it. No. <laughs> that thing just keeps coming back. I think a bear would be very similar. I think a bear would just body you. I think it, for me, if I was to think about it, something that could shred me, I'd be thinking down like the dog canine line, like a wolf or something like that. But you feel like you have a, ch- a chance? I feel like I've got a chance against that, for mm-hmm. sure. I think anything uh, like, yeah, cat, bear kind of feel would just wouldn't even a punch from me wouldn't even what's the difference between a big cat and a, like say I think, a wolf well i think perspectively if i look at a dog i think if i smacked a dog in the head mm. it would feel that right like, and that's would be that's where i'd be going i'd try and scare the shit out of it from one big hit i mean does it keep coming back no matter if i hit oh, it oh it's gonna try to kill you oh so it just oh, no, wants but to it's, it's a fight to the death like if you somehow manage if you somehow manage to kill it okay awesome. well, here's a fact that i don't know whether this is true or not mm. and maybe this might be true across all but something my dad told me when i was young <laughs> not that I ever implemented this and I never even thought about implementing it but he said for some reason if you pull the dog's two front legs apart it's essentially connected to its heart and it'll rip its heart apart what? Hey, maybe we need to google this later I have, I have never <laughs> maybe, heard this yeah well maybe my dad listening and he could actually hey, give me some backup on hey, this but I'm pretty sure there's something you told me and it's something I always remember seeing so. your butt in yeah. seeing your butt in. I think you're telling shit yeah maybe he's talking shit connected to their heart how could Actually, now that you say that, mm. um, do you know James McEwen, the uh, physiotherapist, head physiotherapist at Adelaide City Physio? Um, I'm going to say yes, but you need to describe him for me. Um, he's pretty much the big dog. He's like one of the best physios in Australia. But you know like how all of us PTs would always go to the, that little physio that was near ANZ in the mall? Yeah. And we'd get our phone rolls. Have you ever been there? Yeah. No, I know the one. Yeah, James is like the big dog there. Okay. Yep. Uh I bring this up because I had a session with him and he's like the type of guy where you got to book in like two months in advance to go mm-hmm, see him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also runs the rehab courses for the trainers. So oh, I, cool. I did my, Mike and I, shout out to Mike. We did our uh, rehab training underneath him as well when mm-hmm. we were PTs. He was, uh, I was, he was doing work on me about um, two months ago and he was like feeling around my cranium mm-hmm. and touching different points in my cranium and that was relieving pressure in my knee because of my knee injury. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, because of the, uh, I forgot the name of the, the technical name of it, but essentially what he's explaining to me is that even though you might have a source of pain here, mm-hmm. uh, it's often the result of something that's completely in a different line yeah. because of these, uh, the different nerve lines that run that through runs the body. Through, yeah. yeah. So in a weird way, maybe senior button isn't talking shit. Maybe he's a crosser, you know, yeah. he's, he's a country man. He's grown up on farms, you know, he might yeah. just have this. Okay. I was disrespectful. Maybe he's not talking shit. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe he is. You never know. But it's something is, but that's it's, why you it's think been ingrained in me. That's what I feel. But I also feel for some reason. And this thing's trying to kill you. Like, yeah. For yeah. some reason, I feel like obviously a cat is just going to shred me. Yeah. I feel like I've got no chance against a lion. Have you ever felt a lion's tongue? No, I haven't. And I don't mean a live tongue. Okay, you, you felt a dead lion's tongue? Yes. I feel like that's weirder than a live lion. Yeah, I guess I could see where you're coming from that yeah. because it's like, how, what, what situation would you be? Yeah, exactly. You're killing lions in Africa, man? Yeah, yeah okay, okay. Um, at the Adelaide Zoo. Okay. At the uh, lion enclosure on the outside fence, they have these little plaques. It's just like in 1975, this lion was Jeffrey. Oh, wait, and you rub it? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you rub oh, it. I think I know the one, yeah. But you can't weight feel it. You wouldn't be able to tell the content. No, no, but you can't feel the weight, but you feel how ridiculously coarse it is. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it hurts. But I think if a line even just sat on you, like, it could just squish me to death. Let's be real. 100%. It could, and a bear could do the same. Yeah. So I think I needed, with a wolf, I've almost got weight weight to weight ratio, right? I probably got more weight than him. I'd say, yeah. I'd say we'd be sitting around the same ballpark. So, surprisingly, though, I've never properly been up close with a wolf, but people say that wolves are very similar to the ones of Game of Thrones. Like, they're big animals. Huge. Like, they're huge. Yeah. I think in comparison to me, and I'm saying probably 90% of the population think they just look like dogs, right? Mm-mm. But no, they're massive. No, it's like, if you've ever been at the park, and you know, like, the average dog you'll see, the average mm. size dog that Let's, let's just say, like, a German up. Shepherd or something like that. Like, a decent size. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then every now and again, you'll see a freak dog that's, yeah. like, up to, like, your shoulder. Yeah. Or maybe not even that. Maybe, like, chest height or something like that. And you're like, oh. Oh, so these exist. Yeah. There are dogs this big. Yeah. And that's a wolf. I'm, that's the wolf. Yeah. That's right. the wolf thing. Except that thing's got actual fangs. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to like straight. a dopey kind of dog running around. Yeah. 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 Um, and we've got to get to Game of Thrones as well. <laughs> we've got to talk about Game of Thrones as well. But there's too many tangents here. So the reason why I went with this question mm-hmm. is because it's not so much about what animal you choose. Mm-hmm. It's your thought process behind choosing the animal. Okay. Right. And so that's how you can tell so much about a person. Okay. Which is why with these icebreakers, of course, it's fun. Mm-hmm. But I get to know a lot more about the person. Mm-hmm. So I get to understand. And when it comes, to, if you're like, if I'm coaching someone, I'm training someone, mm-hmm. I need to understand how they think. I need to understand what their temperament's like. Mm-hmm. And actually, like for my female clients, mm-hmm. often the time, and this is a really common thing, like the most common animal choices were bear, mm-hmm. uh, gorilla, mm-hmm. and... Are they mad? <laughs> are they a bad, gorilla? bro? Are you mad? The size of that penis. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Shit, okay, yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They got all that muscle though. Mm. So I don't know about the trade off. <laughs> then they got them harem style. But <laughs> big silverback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, have you have you seen that video of them in the London zoo just smashing on the window? <laughs> have you seen that one? No, I haven't. Oh, if we could bring it up. There's a there's a video, we'll check it out. In the London Zoo. Mm. And I encourage anyone listening to this to go watch this mm-hmm. of these uh this little girl. It's a little girl or a little boy. And I've actually, because I've actually been in this exact same spot. Mm-hmm. I've been exactly where she was. And she starts banging on the windows or she oh, starts banging on no, her I chest. I think I have seen this actually. And it just comes over. Yeah. And this, just, what is it? Like 800 pound mm-hmm. gorilla silverback just comes down this slope. Like just mm-hmm. and double bang fists the yeah, window no, and I have cracks seen that. it. Holy shit. You have no idea for the scale of power until you see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, I would not want to be taking a gorilla on. No way. That thing. Phew. Who chose a gorilla? Yeah. No, people would choose that. Who chose Who a gorilla? Choose that? But anyways, the thought process behind it was that with dudes, typically, they would do what you just did. Mm. Is that they would Think go, more logical well, how it. can I best win? Yeah. Right. You're actually in the mindset of how, even if it's a fight to the death and this animal is trying to kill you, it has, mm-hmm. like, it's most likely the chances of you surviving. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. We as human beings uh, did not evolve with any physical gifts yeah. in the world of nature. Mm-hmm. Right? We evolved with this so we could cooperate together. Yeah. And when there's 50 of us taking on a line, we can win. Mm-hmm. And not one-to-one. Mm. Well, so, without tools as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. We could probably one-on-one with a tool. <laughs> yeah, or, or, I don't know. You have to be Hercules if you yeah. were to do that. Whoa, come on now. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so but with females, what I noticed <clears throat> was that the thought process was very different. Mm-hmm. The thought process was, what am I least likely to get killed by it. let me choose the safest of like the all the docile options. animals yeah mm-hmm. yeah they'll always go to something like that's why i said at the beginning mm-hmm. 
you can't choose like a bloody snake mm. that's just going to like like ding and then or you're going to die five minutes later. No, no, no. But that's where the female mindset. And I know you guys don't make over generalizations here, but mm. I, I over two or three years I'll ask every single client this question. Mm-hmm. So I got a really good idea for how people would think, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to see how you would respond there. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's, it's classic because tying right back to where this question, the inception of this question, was the cruise ship, mm-hmm. and. I think it was just like on a session on my own out there looking at the deep ocean, which actually might segue us into some spiritual shit Mm -hmm. because there's something spiritual about looking into a body of water that Mm -hmm. could swallow you whole. Yeah, for sure. You know, not just Just like the ocean in general is quite, it's a very, uh, like has a good serenity to it. It's like a picturesque moment when you're looking out into it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You just lose yourself in it. Mm, You do. And I think there's probably something to do with that with our evolution. Mm-hmm. how we came from there mm-hmm. like if you go right back through the stages about hundreds of millions of years ago mm-hmm. but for a second hold on guys we're about to dive deep there but hold on i thought to myself this is where the question came from if i had to fight any animal to the death mm-hmm. it would be a great white shark see i felt like you're gonna say that and i was gonna say why would anyone want to fight a great white shark in in the water yeah in its environment it has to be in its environment okay <coughs> why <clears throat> Because if I'm going to go out, I want to go out testing the limits of human ability. <laughs> I want to put myself in the hardest situation. Oh, that's the hardest. Yeah. yeah you, you're doing nothing in the water, man. Short Asian dude. <laughs> Not Michael Phelps. Even Michael Phelps is going to swim, mate. I was about to say. Yeah. Get going anywhere. And so in my visualization of how I'm going to handle this, I'm just going to be like, just like floating around, waiting for it to come. And I know I've studied the sharks. anticipation would be the worst part, mate. Oh, fucking That's man. the worst part. Like, I was thinking about your question before. I'd want it to be done in five seconds. I wouldn't want to sit out there for at least a minute because the anticipation would be the worst thing. Yeah, it just would be the worst. Just waiting. But I've studied sharks and I know they have a very sensitive point on the tip of their nose mm-hmm. for where they detect sonar and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Or, if, or if it's, even if, if I'm getting that term wrong, so any biologist or mm-hmm. marine biologist, George Costanza, who's out there listening. <laughs> but <laughs> He definitely is, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so it's a side for the greatest sickle of all time. And I thought... Yeah, if I'm going to go out, because this thing is most likely, no matter what choice you're going to make, mm-hmm. you're most likely going to die. Mm-hmm. Right. If I'm going to do that, I want to test the limits of human being's mm-hmm. ability. Mm-hmm. And if my, my greatest chance Wait, would you be... you just keep saying you think you're going to die. I mean, I think I can take a wolf. You, yeah, I don't think you can take here, a wolf at all. <laughs> because the reason why I say that is because I've had to fight a dog once. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was when I was like 13. Mm-hmm. I was walking Little Max. Mm-hmm. And he's like a, he's like a spoodle. <laughs> <laughs> Sucking my throat. And, uh, you know, he's only like knee height. And I'm walking down the street towards the old blockbuster. Ooh, around here? No, this is back at uh, Arendelle. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm walking down a blockbuster. And this like stray dog is like 100 meters up. Mm-hmm. It's like a, like a mutt of some kind. Yeah. Kelpie cross something. Mm-hmm. And it starts walk, like, coming towards us and there's no, there's no leash, no one's around and it starts to pick pace. Mm. It's starting to get really, like, really starting to run at us. Yeah. And it only like in the last second did I realize, because you know it's some dogs you think they're just excited to come see you. Yeah. But as it like got between us and like the window there, which is I don't know, like 10 meters away, I started to realize like, there's like a look in its eye that it wants to come kill us. Yeah, it's aggressive. Yeah. And so at the time... I let it get close enough just to just try and see if it was just going to sniff Max or whatever. But it actually took a, like a big, big bite at him. And like just adrenaline, like instinctually, 
I had him on the lead and I just yanked that lead back as hard as I could, which probably mm. choked the shit out of Mac. Cool, Mac. And at the same time, I delivered a straight roundhouse to its face. <laughs> right. And I still remember it to this day. And it ran off after that. <clears throat> as you'd expect. So yeah. yeah. So if you, you can get a, be going crazy, if you can get a bo- like a boot to the face, mm. I feel like you'd be all right. Mm. Otherwise biggest, uh, the biggest thing you can think back is that thing's going to put some fangs straight into your foot. So yeah, you try so I, do it. That was like a small dog. Mm. Boot to the face got a small dog away. Mm. I don't know about a full world. Well, the but... thing is why I question you there is you said it's going to keep coming back. Like, that thing just wants to kill me. That's his one goal in life is to yeah, kill me. 100%. Yeah, it's going to be tough. So, actually, let's go, let's go to the, uh, because now my mind's stuck on it, is uh, because we got into water. We got into the, um, what the depth of water does for you. And I think we should explain the backstory to this to begin with of our spiritual journeys mm-hmm. and, and your spiritual journey. Actually, I just did a whole podcast just the other day ago mm-hmm. on presence and cultivating presence. Mm-hmm. And I discussed a few lines in that to do with, it was roughly around when we first met mm-hmm. because we both have a uh, kindred mentor in Paul. Mm-hmm. And I've spoken about Paul many times in this podcast and in various videos about how he was my catalyst he was the conduit through which i found spirituality and through Mm -hmm. i found the journey of self-development and Mm self-help and how i'm even doing what i'm doing right now Mm -hmm. um he was the first person to give me the the alchemist right (laughs) so speak on where that all started for you as well was it at the same time or yeah i mean generally the same time i think what for me um I think the first course I did, and I mean, I spent $3,000 on this course, right? So it's not a, not a cheap course. Yeah. I think I remember telling my parents, and they're like, what are you doing? Don't do the course. I'm like, look, I'm just going to do it. And for people who don't know what course this is? Um, so this is Paul's. I think I started with NLP. So it's an NLP and timeline therapy course. So yep. neuro-linguistics. Um, and I think it started my journey from there. So I'm in the exact same situ- situation as you. Paul was listening to this and probably smiling there thinking about, you know, <laughs> living about. the dream back there, yeah. <laughs> sitting on his beach house. I don't know. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, it all started from there for me. I think I, um, it gave me an opportunity to once, yeah, be present in myself. It was something that probably never had been before. Uh, and it really made me sit back and think about, you know, what's going on in my life um, and where I want to take it or what I'm doing with it as well. So Paul, for sure, is the catalyst and still is. I think every time I see Paul, it's, you know, it's an awesome experience. I get something new and valuable from him. I think he always brings something. You know, I think every maybe six months, it's probably similar, to, not as frequent as him and you and i like him and i probably catch up a little bit more frequently mm. uh but every time we hang out it's just you sometimes i feel like i don't want to just throw everything at him because he's obviously that kind of guy that people want to throw everything at because you know he's going to give such now good... explain to people who paul is because i've never for those that have maybe not seen the other content i've described what paul is <laughs> paul to me he's like the sensei you know paul's that guy sitting on top of the rock mm-hmm. <laughs> um I think Paul just has a very good perspective on things. He's very quick because he's done so much self-development. He can he can realize things very quickly, which sometimes for us or me in particular take a little bit longer to go with. And he'll just throw something at you that it just seems so obvious. And you're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that does make sense. Um, and sometimes you obviously throw it up in your mind whether you think it's right or not. But most of the time, I feel like everything he's ever told me, I feel very confident with and very strongly agree with. And and he's not just some random dude, by the way, guys. He's not just like some guy, random guy we know could pull in the street. Well, I mean, he could be. From the initially, he was some random guy, Paul, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, he is, he's like the most qualified of qualified. Like, he oh, trains, yeah. so as Ben was saying, the, uh, he took his, Ben took his NLP course, mm-hmm. and our uh, mutual friend Mike has also mm-hmm. taken his mm-hmm. um, NLP. And so he runs courses around Australia mm-hmm. uh, through his business, uh, Evolve. Yep. Um, 
can't remember the exact name, but if you were to type in, is it Evolve Mind and Body Coaching? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Evolve Mind and Body. So you guys search him up on YouTube, um, yeah, Facebook. Facebook. He's big on Facebook yeah. and on internet and whatnot. And Instagram, I think as well. Maybe it's just yeah, big on Instagram as well. Yeah, yeah. And so he teaches people NLP uh, linguistics. He's mm-hmm. also very big in hypnotherapy. Yeah, I've done that course as well, which is cool. Right. Yeah. And we both met him through the gym. That's yep. that's how we first met. Is that he was a PT, a long time PT, mm-hmm. part of the uh, the Golden Team, as they called it. Yep. when uh, Fitness <laughs> first, first started. Yeah, have Christy, you, Rob. Have you ever, like, has ever Paul in depth given you a description of his story, like where he started from? In in drips and drabs. Yeah, yeah, because he, he used to be the type of guy. Yeah, he's similar, I guess, to my journey to have to go and learn social dynamics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Paul had that very extreme version, right? Yeah. Yep. He, uh, he was the type of guy that couldn't leave the house. Yep. That's how bad his social anxiety was. Mm-hmm. And so to now be where he's at, I guess that's why you and I and everyone can resonate so easily yeah can yeah because it's the hero's journey yeah for sure it, it, mm-hmm. the, where he's at now is a result of his own journey mm-hmm. and uh anyway so he was i'm definitely gonna have him on the podcast for sure so i just want to get give people an idea of who this paul guy is that we're talking about mm-hmm. so go in go in from there yeah no i think you're right getting paul on this would be like a huge opening for anyone listening like that guy's just um it's just almost like a visionary for me i think you know it was someone that i always looked up to and i still do i think someone that yep. If I ever felt like I had a problem in my life, Paul would be some one of the people that I would go to, and go I, would, to. I would feel like he would support me in any area that I needed to be. Hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing that I got from Paul as well was he's the kind of guy that, you know, if he puts his mind to something, he's going to be 100% to it. Like he will just go to the next level to make sure this thing's happening. Like anytime I talk to him about something, he's done it or doing it, and he's just doing it at a whole nother level. Hmm. Um, it, it's something I just, you know, would love to live up to and it's something something I'm sure I'll get to at some stage, but he just does it at such a good level. Mm. Um, but he gives you he to be fair, if anyone just listening to the podcast, the best way to do it is just to reach out to him. I think that's the awesome part about him. Absolutely. Just, and he would he'd accept it for sure. Getting him on this would be awesome. But reach out to him and, you know, throw some a question at him, anything and he'll give you an awesome response and something at least to progress forward to. Absolutely. Yeah. And the reason why we brought him up is because I was, I want to go on the inception of your mm-hmm. journey into mm-hmm. the spiritual mm-hmm. and also to bring clarity around those words uh, for those listening that didn't watch the last part of before this, where I talk about, uh, and I have before that spirituality. When I talk about spirituality, mm-hmm. it has no religious attachment. Yeah. That is just one blanket word, <laughs> which of course, defeats the purpose of what it really is. Like mm-hmm. we have to use a word to Describe relate with people because yeah. that's just how we relate as human beings. Mm-hmm. But, and I know we're at a similar place of understanding and chats that we've had. Mm-hmm. I know you know that everything we're about to dive into right now, of course, is only blocking the truth mm-hmm. as we start to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But for people listening, and I had to go say this several times in the Cultivating Presence podcast mm-hmm. because I got into the question of who are you? Mm-hmm. I mean, the real question of who are you, which I'm sure probably Paul maybe is posed to you at some point. Yeah, maybe for if sure. If not forced you to inflect on yourself. Mm-hmm. So with all, with all that being said, and so you guys get some clarity around how we're mm-hmm. going to be talking right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, walk me through your understanding and your journey of starting to understand yourself in mm-hmm. that deeper light. Yeah. This is an interesting one because it's a conversation that I think whoever you speak to, the conversation is usually very different. So mm. there's, and this is for everyone listening, it's a perspective thing. Um, it's a cool conversation because as I said, you get to know a whole lot about someone by just the way they answer and the way they talk about it and the way you delve into, you know, 
endless things that will never stop because in the end it's an unknown for everyone and perspectively. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, for my journey, I'd always been quite um, spiritual, you know, and to put it into those words, I was quite lucky from a young age, a lady named Fiona who actually, you know, hopefully she jumps in and has a listen as well. She was like probably the first person to actually before Paul, which kind of opened up my world to so many more possibilities. Okay. So she was the first person that I think, um, opened me up to internal thought and, you know, really helped me with, you know, not that I really had major issues. I think sometimes they were, you know, blown out of proportion, but it was something that helped me train myself. So she was the first person maybe to help me with self-development. Right. Um, and this is from, you know, 12, 13. So she was a masseuse, I guess that kind of come across, but she would also, she didn't, I can't even think of the word for it. Um, naturopath. So she yep. was a naturopath. And I still, every, a lot of time I, would love to catch up with her maybe once a year and I just go get a massage. It's just awesome to talk because we have such an awesome connection. You know, she's known me for over half my life and she's seen me similar to you go through all these little journeys and all these little, you know, changes. Mm. Um, and, you know, got me onto NLP, got me onto hypnotherapy, got me onto a lot of different things, which is the reason probably that I just jumped into the course because I was, you know, this is something I want to do. Mm. So that's where my journey started. Um, and it's cool to reflect back on and think about it, right? Yeah. I didn't even know that part of your story. So. <laughs> yeah. So that was the original catalyst for it. Um, and I think it's probably, she pushed me to do things that I wanted to do. So, you know, I always talked about, you know, I loved arts and I loved dancing and singing and stuff like that. And she always pushed me towards doing stuff. And now I guess I finally got around to it. I'm done singing lessons. You know, I've done a little bit of acting. Nice. And I just like to delve something for me from, you know, the people out there as well. Anyone listening, if you want to do something, just do it because, you know, you're never going to know. I've tried so many things. And I know that I'll probably never do them again, or I'll maybe tap, tap in them again. But until you try and put a, a decent effort into it, you never know. Um, but my spiritual journey came from there. And then Paul was the next callus that pushed it to a whole nother level. So Paul and I did some pretty intimate things. I don't know whether you guys have done a lot of things like that either. Um, you know, he's taken me through a few journeys that were quite intimate between him and I mm. that, uh, you know, put me in a different perspective. And this isn't a time when I didn't really know Paul too much. So this is quite early on in the day. So I'm a young kid. I'm like, shit, you know, can I trust this guy? This feels so weird sometimes. But it just, you know, I just took the shot and, you know, paid off really well. I remember one time Paul and I were chatting to some guys and we we're buying some stuff. And, you know, this is the first time I actually got to know who Paul was. Hmm. And we left and we bought something. He, he asked for like a little bit more and he said, you know, the, if you're ever asking for someone when they're saying yes, you can always ask for a little bit more. Like that will always give you that little bit more. Mm. So this is when I'm like, all right, who is this guy? This is kind of piquing my interest. What's happening here? And that's where it delved off into a bit more of a, uh, a bit more into the courses and connection. Right. Um, but for me, um, spirituality. Yeah, where are you at now? Where am I at now? I'm in a good place right now. I'm in a pretty good place. I'm in a very happy place. Um, I'm in a place where nothing really affects me like, on, on a conscious level, like I'm really cool, calm, collected, and it's it's put me in a space where I can do really what I want um, and progress in any 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 way I want. I guess, yeah. And how about like your awareness of things and yourself? Uh, I'm I'm ultra aware, and I think that's where I said back earlier. I just want to be myself. Yeah. So the biggest thing I can tell people is just be yourself, because you know everyone's the people you hang out are always going to have you know going to push their beliefs onto you and push what they wanted to you. And it's cool to take all those little things in and take a little bit of the here and that. But for me, um, my awareness is that, you know, we are all of the one, one of the all. We are just this. There's, there's, 
it's like whether you believe in God or not, you know, it's always, it's always good to have a belief as well, I think. Like for me throwing an idea out there, I would never push my beliefs onto someone because that's, that's just who I am and I like that. But I love people that do have a belief and have something to follow and something that gives, drives them a passion. So mm. um, for me, I have my own beliefs and my own thoughts, which, you know, I think we're in a very similar space for that. Mm. Uh, but then in saying that, I love people that, you know, if you believe in Christianity, go crazy with it. Like, take that, delve into it, dive into it. Um, if it's Buddhism, you know, whatever it is, I'm all about supporting people in any way. Support. And, like, you know, I love going into the mall and, you know, chatting to those Christian people that always yeah. talk down there. And I have love to have a conversation to them. If I have Mormons knock on my door, I bring them in. I have a sit down and chat with them have because, like, I love that. I think it's cool that people have passion. And it may not be what I believe in or it may, you know, be very different, but... Mm. that's that's their kind of thing i think that's an interesting level that you just talked on mm -hmm. that i think when we first at least for myself when you first get into actually mikhail mentioned this uh who's the first guest on about a month ago now mm -hmm. mentioned this uh when we first start the journey of self-development mm -hmm. we actually it's interesting that even though we are on the path of bettering ourselves mm -hmm. we get an ego about that and I was going to throw in that there's so many times and don't get me wrong. I still do it sometimes now, but I definitely, I try not to because of the way I want to be as well. But I've, when I talk to people and I get with people that I'm very close with as well, I get very strong with them. You know, if I'm like, mm. you know, anxiety, all these kind of things, I'm quite, I have a very strong belief that for me, it's all a mental game. Like in my mind, I can be whatever I want to be. I don't have to any constraints like anxiety, stress, all these things. I can, you know, relieve them, embrace them, but also relieve them quite simply hmm. and I get quite strong with people I'm close to because I think you know you're wasting your time thinking about those situations um, and you're right sometimes the ego does get the better of you at times because you think you know you know I'm having all these teachings I'm growing and I'm learning I'm going to push this onto them and they're going to have to listen to me because this is right you know yeah <laughs> definitely everything you just said it's like that's mm. that, I, I remember like <clears throat> You talked about for like little intimate things when we first uh, started w not working with, but mm -hmm. when I guess when uh, Paul started to test us, because mm -hmm. that's what it is. It's not like we sit down and we go, "All right, Paul, I need you for the next twelve weeks to yeah. take me through a journey of spiritual and self development." Mm -hmm. It's not like that. It's that we'll, for me when I was in the PT back room, mm -hmm. is that we would sit down. I remember the first time it really kind of began, mm -hmm. and it was basically uh, we were sitting in, we were just sitting down, and we were just chilling. And we started to talk about something. I don't remember what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. He's like, you should read uh, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And we'll come back and we'll talk about it. So I just went and read that. We started talking about it and, you know, the journey that Santiago goes through. And mm -hmm. I think that's his name. And I think you're right, yeah. yeah. His trek around, yep. yeah. And, and he goes around and ends up finding, you know, the treasure was in, within him, so to speak, mm -hmm. all along. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, we, took, we talked about that. And then it just went deeper and deeper from there. And reading now, then he got me to read Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And without one there, it's like, okay, so now this is my first introduction to what ego is. Mm -hmm. And you start to, when you start to get conceptualization around what that is, you start to see. Mm -hmm. You start to see when someone... You're consciously thinking more, yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's not just um, my best mate being a dick. That's mm -hmm. his ego being a dick. That's not his true essence, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then to your point there, you're like, why can't they see what I see? Mm -hmm. And I think you really quickly... or quickly or not quickly at some point to get to the next level of evolution, you have to relinquish the idea of that uh, people should be where I am yeah, and that everyone is just where, where they are. Mm -hmm. And 
it's something that I struggle with big time mm-hmm. to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's uh, something that I'm comfortable with, 100% comfortable with now. I think also through what I do with coaching because mm-hmm. I just get to see so many people in, in a harder place in life. You mentioned spectrum before. Mm-hmm. I have my own, like what I refer to as the scale, mm-hmm. zero to 10, 10 being absolutely natural, natural zero being the hardcore of all hard cases. Mm-hmm. And I work with a lot of two and threes, mm-hmm. like people that, that probably were like Paul when he, when he first began. And it's hard to keep your ego from coming back at times like that as well, you know. I'm obviously in a comfortable state now, but yeah. at times you feel that. Oh, when I'm I first sure began. When you first started, yeah. Oh, when I first began, I'm hearing these things mm-hmm. and I read these messages mm-hmm. and it's very easy to lose empathy for people. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just about to chuck a cheeky because uh, I just filled this video about how to develop empathy, but I realized that that might not have been released by the time this has come out. Ah. So I'm going to not say it <laughs> Just drop out. that back out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's just take that one back. But... <laughs> so... When we first started this uh, potto, I said, go ahead and introduce yourself so we can get to the real shit of talking about why we really sat down today, mm-hmm. which I was just fucking around with, but it's a great time to actually bring it up mm. about simulation theory. Mm-hmm. Just because this has been popping up, and I've spoken about this with Paul. <laughs> okay. Paul and I have spoken about, like we've had, I remember a session uh, on the River Torrens. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the likelihood of this life being a simulation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's he was a... Uh, Nothing definitive and not... Paul he can not, never be definitive. Yeah, right? yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. But he was definitely uh, giving me the idea that he's leaning towards it could be very possible yeah. that everything's set up. Mm-hmm. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where you always think there's potential, right? It's You're never not going to know, but I think... Um, How would you feel if it was, if you found out? It's funny way because with the way the universe works, right? Like, as soon as I set an intention, it's just crazy because it always happens. Like, without a doubt, as soon as intention comes, people come back. Like, even you hitting me up for a podcast like this. Mm. I had an intention that I wanted to talk about, you know, travel and a little bit more spirituality before I went on this next trip because I wanted people to, you know, see why I did it. People really probably wouldn't know. Bang. Out of nowhere, Instagram message, let's get you on the potto. Here we go. And it's not like Ben and I talk every day. Yeah. Oh, definitely not. People like me and Adam catch up. Yeah. Rarely. Like, let's say we haven't seen each other in a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. But I think, you know, I've always had that connection that's had there. And it's always good just to refresh and come back to it. It's similar with me and Paul, same kind of thing. Every few months, it was six months, 12 months, we kind of catch up. And those up. are the relationships that stand the test of time. Definitely. Which is what I was talking about with Roy, is that we, he can go away for a whole year. Mm-hmm. And we come back and it's just like, mm, mm, just back to it. Yeah. Uh, but the simulation, as I said, the way the universe works for me, and I guess the way I portray it, and whether it's my just conscious belief coming like that or not, you know, uh, it does happen like that sometimes. But a simulation, I just... For me, there's very potential, but I just don't think it, for me personally, mm. I just, I find it hard to believe, but I'm open to anything. Yeah. I always see little things that sure there's potentially that could happen. And if it was, it is what it is, you know, how am I going to change it? Right. We're so similar. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was working on this before, not on simulation specifically, mm-hmm. but just on any belief that was different to what my current belief is. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I don't necessarily think that there's a, uh, a man up in the sky with a white beard controlling everything. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like, especially uh, anyone listen, long-time listeners of this potter, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm balls deep in Eastern philosophy, mm-hmm. specifically with the Tao and with Lao Tzu's teachings, mm-hmm. just the way of things. Mm-hmm. And so the way that where I'm currently at is that I feel like that there is a way to this universe mm-hmm. as to who set that up, whether that's yep. being guided or not, I have absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. But, and this is where we have such alignment, mm-hmm. is that if it, we get to the end of my life, our lives, and we get brought into a little room, like we're dead. We get brought into a little room, and there's a, there's a little being that says, "So this is how it actually works." Mm-hmm. 
And if they were to say, okay, it is actually simulation and we're just going to pop you into the next one, I would be like, okay. That's real. Yeah, I wouldn't be angry. I wouldn't be upset mm. because I don't have any of my ego attachment to yeah. any one way of thinking. Yep. And that's what I love about talking with you is that you said it, you were, you guys heard it straight from him. It's like he said within his own sentence here. Mm-hmm. He said within your own sentence here that, but if I'm wrong, it's, it's cool. Mm. I feel like that's what so many people lack in this day, especially in this day and age mm-hmm. where it's almost like in order to be taken seriously, people feel like you have to be the extremist yeah. of your point of view. Yeah. By- and I think, you know, people make a living off being extremists, right? Mm. Like people love that extremist feeling. Like people love getting around it, you know? It's a, yeah, it's a weird thing about human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's like, it's polarity. Mm-hmm. You know, you like, we like to, that's like when you look at Donald Trump, Mm-hmm. People voted for him. Mm-hmm. He didn't get in because of some magical force or, or you know, I don't it's, know if there was shady shit, but there's a lot of people <laughs> that, that voted for him. Mm-hmm. Well, he actually got less votes than Hillary Clinton. I don't know if people know that, if you've seen that or not. No, I don't know. So the way the, the US government works, once again, I'm probably not explaining this exactly right, but it's more mm-hmm. based on like percentage of areas. So it's like state votes. So he actually got less votes than Hillary Clinton, but the way oh, he right. won it, he got like the majority of certain... Sp- States or certain areas. The states that mean more. Yeah, the states right, that mean right. more. So he won with less votes. Right. Yeah, so just manipulating basically All right. the country kind of thing. With, I mean, not to say he's manipulating people, mm-hmm. but I'm saying he, he got the right votes to make it happen. Yeah, so he played the game. He played the game, yeah. yeah he yeah. played the business, you know, he's a businessman. But the fact that a businessman slash uh, TV personality <laughs> yeah. could be running the country, of, yeah. in quotes, of the world that dictates yeah. the world's economy for the most part, mm-hmm. yeah, that's insane. Yeah. But to the point of why I brought that up is because of extreme polarity, mm-hmm. right? That you just know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's, there's good to that. Mm-hmm. But what I was talking about before with the extremist of points of view, we're 25 right now. Yep. And what we've just spoken on, you know, you've spoken on like you feel like there's a, there's a certain force that brings intention into the world, mm-hmm. right? You could come back, if not tomorrow, five years, 10 years, we sit down again, we talk about this. You mm-hmm. have completely different... Point of view. Things for sure. But I couldn't say that about a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I understand that. I think people, it's like uh, ingrained in them from a young age and it just never changes. They never put themselves outside the box to take an opportunity to change or they don't want the change. They're happy with, you know, being enclosed. And, you know, I've met people, I've had people in my life very strongly that have had these beliefs and these views and it's been so contrasting for me. You know, it's a very hard thing to do because your ego come, can come through very quickly. Mm. You know, it can all just come shuttling back up. But, you know, I got to a point where you just, as I said before, it, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> like, matter of fact, mm. that's why we get along. Mm. Like, we just see, you know, the nature of reality. Mm-hmm. Is, I speak a lot about that in my, in my content. And I, I guess it's because that's just the journey that I found is that when uh, Paul introduced me to Wayne Dyer mm-hmm. and Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, mm-hmm. I started <laughs> reading about the down. I'm like, the, the, the moment I picked this book up, and this, this guy from 2,500 years ago is just talking about the nature of reality. It's crazy, isn't it? From 2,500 years ago, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And like one of my favorite lessons is better not to fill a cup that's already full. <laughs> and you just sit with that for, <laughs> for like two, because it took me six months to get through that book, right? Mm-hmm. Not because it's such a long book, mm-hmm. but because you have to spend two weeks on each little lesson. Yeah. You're thinking about everything, aren't you? You're really breaking it down a little bit more. You have to work on it. Mm-hmm. And that's that relationship I had with Paul was that he would give me these books from mm-hmm. his mass library mm-hmm. and he'd say, I'll give you these free books. Right. However, we're going to have, you know, I'll give you these books, 
but we have to come back and we're going to break them down mm-hmm. and you have to write notes and we're going to talk about them every time. Mm-hmm. And this is like, this is, this will segue us into mentorship stuff mm-hmm. and to having leaders and spiritual leaders and uh, tribal leaders mm-hmm. to show us the way. Cause it's something I'm big and pushing this through and however you want to find this in the evolution from boy to manhood psychology, mm-hmm. you've got this and you're engineering yourself like two big things, having a leader who's much, much further ahead of the game of you. Mm-hmm. Right? And you, you talked about how with Paul, while we don't see each other that often, mm-hmm. when we do see each other, it's like you're almost making a pilgrimage up to Mount Olympus. Yeah. And you're just going to come with a set of questions or a set of this or a set of whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're going to spend that hour together. And then you're going to go back down to the earth mm-hmm. and work on yourself. Yeah. Is that, that's like yeah, the totally. kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. As I said from before, every time I see him, it's just like a whole nother, you know, a whole nother can opens up. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then you need like another year or something yeah, to work on another year to sit on it, progress on it. Yeah. 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 And so you've got that. And I feel like that's so important to having people. Mm-hmm. So important to having people. And, uh, and no doubt, if you and I continue along the journeys that we're on, I think while we don't consciously, mm-hmm. I don't think this is a conscious seed in our minds, mm-hmm. and if not already doing it, mm-hmm. but it's where we're going to be, mm-hmm. is that when we're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, and you actually already said it, you want, you want to focus your life big term mm-hmm. on giving back. Mm-hmm. And would when, you say that comes from having been given? So let's repeat that. Would you say that desire mm-hmm. to want to give back? Oh has been generated from the fact that you have received. Definitely. And I think I look back on it and I, you know, always would have loved to see, you know, learn these things earlier. Yeah. So I look back and, you know, whether I have kids or not, whether I get married, I, n- I never know. But my sister's got two new nephews hmm. and I'm like super excited because at the moment I see them like my children. Right. Because I don't know, you know, where life takes me, anything could happen. But it's going to be such a cool experience for me because I want to be able to express myself onto them as well and give them, you know, whether they take it in or not, it's their decision. But, you know, yeah. I would love to be able to, you know, take them on board and, you know, be Uncle Ben that can really support them and show them things that I wish I knew when I was a little bit younger as well. And I'm sure, you know, my sister and I are very different. We have an awesome and close relationship, but I think the way we view things and the way we do things are very different as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I find it hard, definitely, you know, talking to people in your family sometimes. It's a lot different. Like, um, you know, my parents smoke and I'm, that's not me. That is no. just not me. Like if I was to see a girl and she was smoking, it's just, yeah, that's not me. I'm, yeah back that up <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah um so it's, a, it's gonna be a cool experience for me to you know see these young guys grow they're two boys as well so you know see them grow up and really s- help them grow with life and support them hopefully in a way that i've been supported do you want kids um you know i'm i'm indifferent at this time I, it may come in the future like i've always in that mind i've thought that i will mm. however you know right now it, for me, it's just, it's whatever. If it comes, it comes. If I find the right woman that I want to share kids and have children with, you know, that'll happen. It sounds, but it's not like it's burning on you. No, it's not a burning desire for me. I think, uh, the, I guess the only thing I think back, maybe when I'm 50, I feel like I'd love to have someone to share, you know, or pass myself on to. But that's why I look at, I have a, a friend named Graham, actually. He was quite a, you know, guy that helped me a lot as well in a, in a different ball game but he's very you know very well traveled quite a wealthy guy so he makes you know four or five hundred grand a year like quite wealthy works mm. in the mines um but not a miner he's like closes the mines he's that guy that closes the mines right right so he's he's, yeah. he's up there he's a he, chopper yeah of their mines. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I mean he makes more money than that probably i don't know but he has a couple of nephews similar to my situation and you know he always talked about his goal you know when they come 18 he wants to have given them both a house you know he wants to support them in that area 
and it made me reflect back that you know I don't need kids to be able to support other children or you know I can throw back to my family still and you know it was a cool little learning he probably never even knew he gave me but it was something that I took from him but that perspective yeah that perspective anyone listening to this you need to rewind that that 10 seconds go back 10 15 seconds mm. and look at the way Ben thinks the way that you thought right there mm. it's such a it's such a nuance it's such a subtlety mm. but that is the difference between people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you're not just going through this life humdrum just like and you just this, oh, this person here this guy makes a lot of money at the mines that you're consciously looking at people and going what can I learn from this person mm-hmm. I think it's awesome like I'm I feel lucky to have a trait like that like I love people and I feel bad for people that don't like you know, communicating and networking or, you know. Were you always like that? Because um, I know from our relationship, you've always been like that from the first time I met you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm trying to think, and I think generally I have been. I think uh, the one thing that I kept with me through my youth was I love video games, right? But I was a sports player as well, so I never really vented out that I played video games. People probably didn't even know I did. Mm. It was like a, maybe that was like the social anxiety that actually was the real catalyst for things because I'd, I remember this one time this girl I was dating, I was at home. I think I was playing World of Warcraft or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm slaying it. And I, was, I think I told her, I was, oh, look, I'm just in bed reading a book or something like that. <laughs> she rocks up. I'm sitting there just playing this video game. And just like, <laughs> deep in your underwear. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Really. <laughs> but that was like the opening spectrum of like, well, you know, I play video games. Might as well be confident about it. Who cares? And, and I think probably it came back because, you know, my family quite outgoing, you know, horses, farms, those kind of things. And I was like, you know, I love video games. It's something I'm passionate about. I like playing it. Mm. Um, so I think that was a you know a pretty big callus for me. I had a girl come around, walked into my room, and I'm sitting there, you know, vulnerable as you could be, right? Here we at are. that age. <laughs> this is this is actually what it is. Here we are. Um It's great. Yeah, so that was a cool experience, I guess. <laughs> that's great. I'm not sure how we got onto that. Neither am I actually. Yeah. That that's a good I um Yeah, how do how the hell did we get onto that? Oh, we're talking about whether I had always been, you know, open with people. Open with people. You know, always like talking to people. Oh, your open mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. I think I always have. As I said, I was pretty lucky from a young age. I had Fiona who really opened my world a little bit to a lot of, you know, different things. I remember one time she was telling me, um, you know, if I ever questioned myself, you know, meditation basically, it was close my eyes and walk myself into a room and sit down and talk to yourself. You know, this is just all ill all in my mind, obviously. Um, and this was from a, you know, 12-year-old kid. Mm. so this is a lot to take in for a 12 year old kid you know if i look back and i'm like shit you know i'm so surprised i even took it to the extent i took it i remember she gave me a pendulum as well have you heard of like a pendulum yeah 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 like so the amethyst yeah things like that and yeah. you know like yes or no kind of answers and things like that so yeah you know i was quite open to the universe at quite a young age um mm-hmm. i think you know there's a period as i said when i was like 18 19 when i left home and hung out with the same kind of people that dropped off and then came back in. It was And it was only probably for six months, realistically. But I always had, you know, that niggling in the back of my mind. Now, let's speak about that. Let's speak about mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Because we, we dived in with kids. Yeah. How do you view... Because I've been asking every single person on this point yeah, this question. Crazy, and so, of course, you don't need to give me the color of her eyes, which I've been saying every single time as well. Right, I don't need to know any of that shit. But how... Well, if you want to, I guess. <laughs> but wherever you're at, you know... When it comes to relationships now for 25-year-old Ben, yep. how do you view them? How do you view your relationship with women? Mm-hmm. Um, where, wherever you're at in life, take it wherever you want to dive into yep. from there. Um, I think as I've mentioned a few times already for the guys listening that I've come to a perspective point where I just love being myself. 
Like I'm going to be myself if you enjoy being around me. And of course, I'm going to, you know, support you as well, but I'm going to be myself and I'm going to want to do the things I want to do as well as support you. Um, so for me, like relationships are the easiest thing in the world. Like it's just, it's something that I don't have to worry about. I think I create relationships so easily that if I want something, it'll come to me. Um, once again, as I said, you know, that universe intention that I don't put time into it. It just comes into my life. And if I want to progress with it, I will. But no, I mean, it's it's a bad thing to say maybe, but I feel like the women part of my life is a constant that I'm very comfortable and very happy with. It's something that I don't put any stress into because I don't let myself get stressed over little things like that that, you know, I might be niggling in the back of my mind, you know. I just be in the present and be myself. Mm. For those that are listening, you can't see just the smile in my eyes <laughs> and the smile yeah, on my smile. face. The reason why is because... In my deep world, mm-hmm. <clears throat> at least where I first began as well, mm-hmm. what you're saying right now, like for those in the niche world of cold approach mm-hmm. and pickup, mm-hmm. what they just heard you say, well, at least those that are in denial and those that are angry at the world and angry at the, the hand they were dealt in life, mm-hmm. they fucking hate what you just said, <laughs> right? Because what they're looking at is the wrong thing. They're not... Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they're not seeing the forest for the trees of what exactly you just said. So I want to really back up for a second and just make sure everyone understands because it's the same with Roy. It's the same with Roy. You two are on the natural end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Right? You were born with a starting hand of, on that spectrum somewhere between seven and above, which is what I call natural, <laughs> right? And in different areas, you're going to yeah, be a little sure. bit worse yeah, yeah, than yeah. the other, but yeah, as a general overthing, right? And the way yeah. you said, yeah, women have never been a problem. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and when you said how I don't put any effort into women mm-hmm. and to relationships, and when I, for the lone range of feminists listen to that right there, extremists, <laughs> I said, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah, don't felt, beat it that it. way. I mean, in terms of uh, sourcing new leads. Effort, guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. I'm not saying that he's an absolute dickhead. <laughs> right? I'm saying no evidence to sourcing. Like, that's not where his focus is in life. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, for the hard case that's hurt on life, mm-hmm. they would just they would resent that and go, "Why can't my life be like that? Mm-hmm. Why can't?" Why, but look at all the look at what else you said, mm-hmm. and the forest of what you said was that. And when you look at who you are, and then we look at the things, the conversation that we've just had, you're a guy that has been on the journey of development from a young age, mm-hmm. right? You're constantly running evolutions on yourself to the point where even when I see you, it's like you're almost a new new person. Mm-hmm. And you're, this is where it comes right down to my, my overall ethos and theory towards life, philosophy, is that you are literally the embodiment of what I refer to as building the temple. Mm-hmm. And when I say building the temple, it's how I break up the external life, like yep. what we see. So not taking into account the inner, what I refer to as the inner garden, mm-hmm. which is that inner spiritual knowing that when we get to that question of who are you, that's where that all is in. So if we look at our external facing temple, mm-hmm. right, how we engage with this life, mm-hmm. Physical, mental, and purpose, mm-hmm. and also romantic slash social. Mm-hmm. You don't put that much effort into your romantic side of your temple, mm-hmm. okay? But you go hard, hard on the other three, mm-hmm. right? It's specifically in the purpose area as mm-hmm. well. So for those that could have got, got it twisted, for those that could have got it twisted, or for those that are butthurt on life, or for those that just didn't pick up what mm-hmm. was really going on there, why doesn't... This man sitting in front of me have to put in the same effort as maybe you do, or and these conversations I'm having with my clients on the day to day, which is what I'm really pushing people towards, is that when you build the rest of your temple, 
you become a person a person of purpose mm-hmm. a person of value right it's just a very interesting thing how women gravitate towards that type of person yeah definitely yeah no i mean i can't not agree more it's totally true it's just like when it, when it, it's it's so good to have that's why i'm bringing guests in now and why i want to have people in because i i say this mm-hmm. i say this in my in my photos but it's different actually having the person there mm-hmm. and i've often said that most of my friends aren't in the world that I'm in. Mm-hmm. So when I hang out with them, I'll hear them talk the way that you talk so casually mm-hmm. about, uh, yeah, this, yeah, dating this girl, mm-hmm. bring this girl in, oh, I had great sex with this girl last mm-hmm. night, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like, it's just a normal part of conversation. It's just mm-hmm. a normal thing. Mm-hmm. But in my deep, deep world, that's an extremely overthought, overanalyzed mm-hmm. Thing. Yeah, it's funny. You're right. I think there's a lot of time people would see me as like, you know, extra too much sometimes. But like for me as a person, I'm naturally probably, you know, people would see as flirtatious or, you know, in people's face. But for me, that's just me being myself once again. You know, I just yeah. enjoy talking to people, getting to know people, making their days better. Like a simple compliment for someone. Like I think you said it to me earlier. Maybe it was just going out and telling, you know, hope you have a good life. Yeah. Something like that. It can change someone's world. You know, that can really just throw them back and make them really think about what's going on for them. Definitely. Definitely. Jigs. Hey, <laughs> hey. That was awesome. That's a cool moment. Yeah, so uh, we might start to sum up towards here. Mm-hmm. And even this has definitely been probably the most conversational mm-hmm. of, our, of all the potters that I've done um, so far. But I still would like to... I'm still working my way through this with guests. Mm-hmm. I think I'd still like to bring a uh, summary. And I feel like it was a real high point. Yep. on what you just brought to this table, mm-hmm. which is that when I look at you and I look at the life that you're living, you look at the two years of travel that you went through mm-hmm. and there's so much stuff and we're going to have to have, you, you're coming back. Coming back, yeah. You're coming back. because have got to get some stories there, out for the people. There was some stuff that I wanted to ask you about Iceland yeah. and because the reason why being that you and Roy are very similar, that you're not very good with documenting. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Uh, your journeys, mm-hmm. even though you have the most ridiculous stories to tell mm-hmm. And crazy shit that's gone down, which is why it's so good you coming here to talk about uh, rocking up on the beach, mm-hmm. getting off on the wrong island and shit, and getting mm-hmm. people get a window into that. And so that's awesome. That's just the beginning of your stories. Yeah, guys. yeah. We got a lot to see. Yeah, like, this podcast could go for seven, ten hours. <laughs> Literally, we just take around, we just Uber Eats, let's go. But, <laughs> um, but so with the travel, mm-hmm. right, and the way that you're developing your temple and the way that you're building yourself, I hope that people listening to this can see especially young males that which is primarily the demographic mm-hmm. and sh- sh- shout out to the girls as well but uh even, <laughs> shout if, out to you guys. even for the girls listening right yeah uh something big something big that even just kind of dawned on me mm-hmm. i guess i've always really felt this with you but i'm not we're not in a podcast situation so i'm not mm-hmm. trying to derive lessons from it mm-hmm. in that moment anyway is that yeah you're walking the life of building your temple Mm-hmm. You're walking a journey and it's inspirational, right? <laughs> it's good to hear that, man. It's inspirational. No, it's like, I feel like if there's any, uh, if there's ever a person that I'll look at and go, yeah, what that guy's doing, <laughs> right? Not, not because of what it looks like superficially, mm-hmm. but the mindset behind it, mm-hmm. growth, journey, evolution, just keep getting better. I'm just doing me, mm-hmm. right? So I th- thank you so much for being able to live that and embody that and to be actually able to confidently come in and speak on it like that. You have no idea how many people I've reached out to that just don't feel confident to share their stories, even though I know it's a good story to tell. Yeah. 
just don't have that confidence. So and I'm so, so thankful and so blessed to, of course, absolutely know you and have gone through a journey with you, still am. No, it's awesome, man. And uh, for bringing all that value that you could today, man. Thank you. It's yeah. good. Now, also, where can uh, people catch up, catch up with you? Uh, well, jump me on Instagram, striding underscore around. But also yep. for anyone interested, jump onto Crimson Gaming on the Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Chuck them a follow and see what we're doing. There's some cool stuff happening. Um, I'd love everyone to get involved with esports. It's something that, you know, I'm going to have a chat with Adam about this after. I'm going to grill his mind. Mm-hmm. But something I really want to start talking about, whether it's in a podcast form or whether it's in a bit more of a YouTube form, mm-hmm. uh, is getting out there and reaching out to some more guys as well, whether it's in the gaming scene um, specifically. But you know, really helping you guys understand what I'm going through and, you know, what everyone else is going through as well, similar to what Adam's doing. So yeah. jump on, chuck us a follow, see what I'm doing in Italy next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, you better start now. You're going to have to, now you have to document. No, I've been, I've been pushed. A young girl named Leisha. She, Leisha? Leisha. She jumped into That's my life name. only recently. Um, but she's a YouTuber. It does a lot of, like the fitness YouTubing, but she's said, yeah. you know, now that you've talked to me about it, I'm on your back, you know. If you don't do it, I'm gonna be grilling you. So oh, yeah. sometimes it's good to have that little bit of pressure. Pressure's on, your back. on now. But yeah, 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 yeah. I've got no choice. Don't worry, guys. Uh, for those listening, I'll be dropping all the links to where you can find his uh, Crimson Gaming mm-hmm. and uh, where you can follow him on Instagram. All be in the show notes and uh, on YouTube as well. And that's where we're gonna wrap this uh, bad boy up. Much peace and much joy. Yeah. Peace out, guys. Thank you very much for diving in with us, my friends. You know, it was such a time speaking with Ben and I got so much from it just from me being there in front of him talking to him we would definitely have him back for sure now this episode was brought to you by bolddojo.com where you guys can pick up that ebook book 101 Skype coaching and also dive in for the deep immersive boot camps bolddojo.com and if you guys enjoyed this episode please let me know in some way shape or form hit me up on Instagram at uitang1 hit Ben up by his links in the show notes in the YouTube description, all this stuff to where you can find him. It's all there. So I wish you guys the best in your journeys. And I thank you so much for being on the journey with me. Much peace and much joy. Yeah.